what's the worst horror film of the 2010s? Um, and the first person is Will. All right, so the film is called... God. The film is called Dylan Dog, colon, Dead of Night. Fantastic. Logan, what's your film? Mine is the prequel movie to The Thing, also titled The Thing. Phenomenal. And uh, David, what was your film? My film was the Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. Okay, okay. Ring-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. What was that? Looks like we have some weird commotion going on over here. Oh my god, I see that. Um, oh, oh my god. Oh my god. This is actually a reverse fight. Uh-oh. Which means that the picks you have just gone for are actually your choices for what's the <laughs> best horror film of the 2010s? <laughs> no. yeah, that's, that's actually genius. Well done. That's, that's, that's like genius. the whole thing. <laughs> Tell me about this as well. I kind of hate you, Xander, because I've written you loads of notes about why they're oh. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to another instalment of the Filmian Podcast, where this week we're doing another UFC! Woo! We Yes, that's right, we're doing another episode of Ultimate Film Combat. Uh, but this week it's going to be Horror Edition. Ooh, so spooky scary. Uh, I'm your host, Xander Langwiston. Um, with me this week as my fact checker, it's Mr. Joe Cook. How are you doing, Joe? Hello, I'm doing very well, thank you. It's a, these, these are exciting times. This is my first time hosting this specific show. How crazy is that? Crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Not very. <laughs> bonkers, man. Oh, bonkers. <laughs> um, or some people call it poggers. Pog, oh, no. God. Big pog champ. Um, I had to sneak that in there. And of course... Cut this podcast. This show wouldn't be nothing without the fighters themselves. So this week we've got... Um, our co-host, our usual co-host, is Mr. David French. Hi. We've got... We've got all the way from America, it's Mr. Logan Mop from the ups and downs of Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Excited. And um, we've also got Mr. Will Soph. Yo, what is, what, what is good? What is good right now? Oh, nothing. So many things. So nothing many things good. are good. Uh, Everything is pain. Existence is pain. Depends on the time so of day. Six, Gary. You can talk about that if you want. What, that existence is pain? <clears throat> we could talk about, you know, the concept of it, yeah. What, the concept of existence or the concept of just pain in general? Well, I was yes. going to say the two together as a combination. So that, you know. Well, we could probably talk about both concepts and then combine the two concepts. Yeah, we could talk about it for like two hours and then come back to the UFC thing. I'm going to jump yeah. back in now. Um, <laughs> so if you have not yeah. heard this uh, one of these episodes from us before, then the rules are pretty simple. We've basically ripped off movie fights. Um, if you don't know what that is, basically we've prepped um, some big questions... Um, opinion-based questions that these guys have gone away and thought about answers for. Um, they're they're going to have about uh, roughly about 10 minutes to argue between themselves, and whoever I think has been given the best argument wins. Wins the point. And there's a, we've got five questions. Did, did that make sense to everyone? Yeah. Just Fantastic. About. Fantastic. Sure. Oh, God. Why not? This is going so well already. <laughs> right. Um... Are you guys? I oh, and also along the way, Joe is here, so that every time these guys say something that doesn't quite sound right, Joe can go away and Google it and make sure they're not just chatting shit. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, don't put your life in my hands. Don't worry, oh, I have no facts no. on my arguments. So. <laughs> no one ever do that. <laughs> right. Um. Let's get going then with the uh 
with the first question. So the first question is, which horror movie needs the Halloween 2018 treatment? Which is basically to say, which horror franchise needs a rebootquel? Um, where it's like, they got an, a great original film, and they just need to wipe out all the lore from the sequels, and just make it a straight sequel to the original. Which uh, franchise do you guys think um, would, would, would get the best treatment from that? Um, we'll start off with Logan. Logan, which uh, which franchise did you go for? I went with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Old Leatherface himself. Fantastic, fantastic. That's a good one. Uh, David, uh, which one did you go for? Um, I went for Chucky slash Child's Play. Great, great answer. And uh, Will, which one did you go for? I ended up deciding on uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Right, okay, guys. I'll give you roughly about ten minutes to argue between yourselves. Um, I'll I'll hop in as well with like extra questions to get people's points across. But uh, Logan, if you want to kick us off, why did you choose the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? All right, listen. We all like Halloween. We all like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Two classic horror movies. Both of them suffered from the same thing. They became too popular, and then they lost what it was, lost what the original thing was. Now, everyone is saying that Halloween 2018, the best thing it did was a Back to Basics original sequel. In my opinion, the best thing it did was cut out all the bullshit with the split timeline stuff. If you look at the Halloween um, filmography, including the newest one, there are five different timelines and universes. Five different ones. That's unfeasible to do. Um, unfeasible to keep track of, that is. Um, and in my opinion, the movie that suffers from that the most, besides Halloween, is the Texas Chainsaw series. There are around three or four, to the best of my knowledge, different timelines. They rewrite things, they change the history, they change the main characters' names, change the backstory. It's far too confusing. What they need to do is go back to the original. After the lady escapes from Leatherface and he does his dance, sequel right from there. Do like 30 or 40 years later, and Leatherface is older. Maybe he has another, like, like a protege following him. Just give me more of that. I don't want... I just want it back to how it was. That's a, that's a really good pitch. Um, David, do you want to give us your pitch for, the, uh, for Chucky and Child's Play? Uh, so, yeah. So, my main reasoning for this is similar to um, your reasoning, Logan, with the fact that just, like, the extended lore is so much fucking stupid shit there's um there's not like too many timelines there's only like realistically as far as i'm aware two timelines in the child's play series um there's the most recent reboot which i believe they are doing a sequel to and um the mainline series which is child's play one two three then seed cult bride blah 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 um i don't know the exact order and there's also the new chucky tv series that started and my main gripe with it is that <clears throat> Chucky has it's gone away from where his roots were once again, just like the Halloween, just like Halloween 2018 did, um, or the Halloween series did. It went away from his roots and went away from where it originally was, 
and started becoming this almost horror comedy, um, leaning more towards comedy and just like ridiculously gory kills with this most like ridiculously ludicrous timeline where every single person ever has somehow been affected by um, Chucky or his um, like the original person that Chucky was, which is Charles Lee Ray. Um, like somehow he has like affected so many people over the years and he just keeps on getting killed over and over again. And it just, it feels like the same movie over and over. And I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more you could do with this character to like strike fear into people. And I think the main thing they would need to do is go from, from child's play two and carrying on from there. Once again, however many years later, 40, 30, whatever, go from there and have it be him like the kid in that um grown up and have him like completely fucked by the events because he seems completely fine he's just hunting him down nobody's really affected by what's happened in this and that's what halloween 2018 did the best for me everybody's affected by this by what happened 40 years ago because it's traumatic and it deals with that trauma in a really interesting way and the Chucky series has never really done that. It's just, oh, I want to kill you because you ruined my life. It's not, I'm terrified of every single doll in the entire existence now. Laurie Strode literally, like, it's made her house completely everything proof. The guy who is in Chucky, I can't remember his, uh, the character's name, he's just got a shotgun and a cabin. That's about it. Good, another another good pitch, another good pitch. Thank you, David. Um, Will, what what would your pitch for that um uh, from Dust Till Dawn uh reboot will be? Um, all right. <clears throat> so, uh, out of interest, who's actually seen Dust Till Dawn? Yep. Yeah, absolute belter. Mm-hmm. I have Crack not. Okay. Well, I I th- there is like a key thing in that film. I don't know if I by saying it would spoil it. Um a tough one uh, uh xander i want your advice should i should i reveal i think i think thing? we're in a safe space i think i think you're okay <clears throat> to spoil it okay so it's not it's not like a massive one it's, it's just like the fact that the film starts as like this sort of uh it's kind of like an action thriller really mostly just a thriller um uh just quite normal beta i was gonna say based it's based <laughs> in reality makes complete sense it's, it's about um these two men who are running from the law and they're trying to get to Mexico, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then halfway through the film, uh, it just completely flips and um, it turns into this like fucking horror kind of like vampire fucking zombie fucking, or a zombie, but just like crazy ass fucking film with all these like vampires in this big fucking pub. And um, now they made two more films. Um, and these two films, uh, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, I have not seen these two films. Um, so here's the here's Great the, here's start, the deal. great start. Here's the deal, here's the deal. <laughs> I know this is an audio podcast, but let me just do a visual fucking, a visual thing in the chat. So, you see this? This oh, is man. the poster for From Dust Till Dawn 2, okay? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. And then this is the poster from From Dust Till Dawn 3. Oh, no. Oh my if you god. Don't see the problem with that. <laughs> they are the same fucking poster. Now this kind of implies something. What are they doing here? Okay. Maybe 
they don't have any original ideas because the original <laughs> film was uh, co-written or yeah no it was co-written by um, Quentin Tarantino so it has some fun ideas in there and you know, Quentin Tarantino stars with um, George Clooney uh, George Clooney yeah and yeah. George Clooney is not in the sequels uh, Quentin Tarantino either you know they're both not in the sequels um, and that's something that kind of implies this series kind of just got fucking taken and all the creativity just got stripped and they just sort of uh, pushed it forward. And what as well, what I know at least, is they really delved deep into the whole vampire thing and the whole vampire lore. Now, thing is, uh, first film, vampires, they are defeated, essentially. And by the end of the first film, like, you can continue the first film onto just the second film could just be a fucking about like the, the guys you know just about the the thriller it could just it could just div ignore the fact these fucking vampires existed it doesn't even need to like continue as a horror it can just be its own thing it could just be a series about a guy who just fucking explores mexico like i think that would be more interesting than the bullshit we have now where they try to expand on this like lore, like the like the point of *Dust of Dawn* isn't the lore of the vampires; it's the surprise that there are vampires in this fucking film. It's like I think of like uh, just some normal film that doesn't have any connection with like horror or like or um, <clears throat> the supernatural or anything, and just imagine if that just someone just throws that shit into your film. That is what *From Dust of Dawn* was, and yeah, it's the surprise that gets you. So they've already done it. The fact that they've done two more films. Like banking on that, on the concept of vampires is bullshit. I don't know. But there you go. That's it. Another, another, another good idea. Another good idea. Um, right, okay, guys. I'll let you run wild a bit and um, tear each other's idea ideas down. That that's what this is all about. Go for it. Who's gonna go first, Sam? I'll go first. I got some comments. <laughs> well, go on then. Right. So. With Chucky. Now, I agree that... Hold on, just... Alright. Um, I agree that... in I'm just gonna mute for a second, because there's a lot of shit happening. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Okay, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, so, my main thing with Texas Chainsaw is, one, I've um, only ever watched like the first two, I believe. <laughs> Um, and the second one's fantastic, first one's fantastic. Um, really enjoyed them both. So I think starting it from the first film, bit of a mistake, because that second one's actually really good. Um, I think one, if you were, if they were to do that, I totally agree that the franchise does need like a bit of a reboot and a soft reset, um, because there's so many fucking stupid-ass movies. There's like that Leatherface origin story that's basically just like, trying to reboot the series already, but it's rebooting it from the very beginning again. And they already did that once with um, Sex Chainsaw Massacre Beginnings, I believe. Um, but the whole idea around that is it's based off of Ed Gain. And at the same time, I don't think it's even worth revisiting Texas Chainsaw in the first place because that story, the Ed Gain story has been told so many times in so many different media that it just feels kind of wasted again. It feels like it's just overplayed, and that's where I think like Chucky fits in quite well because the idea of a killer doll coming to life, although it has been overplayed by now, it started with Chucky, and the idea of doing that and going back to horror roots and going back to it actually terrifying people because like that the third film got banned in the UK 
Like the third film was attached to um, a murder um, and was banned in the UK for it. It became like a, um, ah, I've forgotten the, I've forgotten the phrase for it, but it became like a video nasty and was infamous in the UK and people were like begging for it. And I think we need to get back to that kind of thing where people are hyped for Chucky again because nobody gets hyped. Like you, you see a new Chucky films coming out, it's like, all oh, right, that's gonna be funny. You, but you see like the possibility of a new Conjuring film where it's another doll film. It's like, oh, this is gonna be really scary. That's really cool. And the lore of dolls in general is always really interesting. It's always creepy as fuck, and Chucky's design is terrifying. But now he just. He genuinely looks like a teddy bear with a few stitches every now and then. Um, is Logan back? I'm back. Yes. Right. Do you want? Do you want to um go for your point? Um, sure. Listen. Um, I agree that uh, Chucky dolls—they're very scary. People are scared of them because it's like scary stuff. Um, I. I think a sequel to the original, starting back from basics, wouldn't work with how the Child's Play franchise was set up. Because it was like a 30-year, like, long, like, woven story. Granted, it was poorly woven at some times, for sure. But um, at the end of the day, like, the same people were with it all the way through, um, and then with the reboot, like, it wasn't with, like, the director's permission. It, like, scrapped a lot of stuff. Like, there was, like, no new things. I think the best treatment for the Child's Play franchise would be not going all the way back to the beginning, but just continuing from where before the reboots started off. Well, interestingly, that's actually what they're doing right now with the Chucky TV series. They're continuing from um, Cult of Chucky. I heard about that. Yeah, that's that's the i that's the ideal way to do this, uh, in my opinion. Will, do you have any any thoughts yes. about these movies? Uh, a few comments. So, like, how many how many films? They're like like eight or nine like Chucky films, right? Um, I believe so, yes. In the main timeline, I think there's eight, and then there's the ninth, which is the Child's Play reboot. Okay. So, like, do, do you, why do you, why do you want to, like, drain this, you know, this concept more? I feel like... It's, it's... more because I think it's... I don't necessarily want to drain the content. I just want it to go back to what Chucky originally was, because Chucky is no longer scary. It's, no, it's all more funny. Like, you watch Chucky for, like, fun kills and a good laugh at the one-liners and the stupid... Mm -hmm. Kind of like fourth wall breaky moments. This but raises, it was sorry, I was gonna say this raised another concern of mine. Um it, the fact that Chucky is now uh, a whole different pop culture icon to what he was back in like the nineties. Like yeah. now he's now because he's like, you know, he's funny. Like once you go funny, I don't really think you can go back. Like when you when when you're pushing your your, your new Chucky as a scary Chucky guy, people are just gonna laugh because it's fucking Chucky. Like, you know, like like, to be fair, they pushed the uh, the Child's Play reboot as like a scary guy, and everybody was really happy with it. Uh, like, not really happy with the movie, but really happy with the direction yeah. they were going. Okay, I just I think just maybe I I don't know. It's fucking it's a, he's so ingrained into culture as just the funny doll who kills people. Like, Truth. I don't really know if you can um, change that. But 
Um, so, so we've heard a lot uh, dragging down Texas Chainsaw and Chucky. Does anyone have anything to say about Dust Till Dawn? Yeah, I think it just needs to be self-contained as that one movie, um, personally. I don't even think that... I agree that the sequels never needed to happen, mm. but I don't think a sequel ever needs to happen in the first place. I think that movie being what it is, like, if we think of it as just a single movie, it's a thriller that where it's like a heist gone wrong, something like that. I can't remember the full setup at the start, but um, I believe it's like a heist gone wrong and they tr- they're trying to lay low, and then it turns into this absolute fucking like just madhouse shit show and just everything goes wrong and it's such a surprise and i think just doing that and then having it kind of ambiguous as to what they do next is nicer than just seeing them like afterwards and seeing them you know be like so that was fucking crazy yeah that was really crazy and then just doing normal shit again i think that would just like waste the potential of that movie it's so funny though. <laughs> just completely ignore the fact that the first one happened and just sort of just live his life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it would literally just be like, so vampires exist. Yeah, vampires, uh, well, not anymore. Uh, yeah, we killed them all. And then they just go about their day. There's not much yeah. else you can really do with that, is there? Yeah, true, true. But I think it'd be funny. <laughs> it would be funny, but it would just be as well. Like, it's okay, not so, really needed, so, so what I'm getting here is Will's <laughs> argument is it'd be funny. <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a That's good great. argument. It could be like a romance. Like a That's a fair argument. It's, it's not wrong. It would be fucking hilarious. Um, it, would also be, it would also piss me off if I went to the cinema to see that. And I was just like... You mean a romance comedy or something? Boring movie ever. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this to a close. Um, I'll let you all make your final points. Um, Logan, I'll start with you again. I think, just in summary, the... Texas Chainsaw and Halloween are like brothers and just what you do for one, you do for the other. It's the perfect candidate to get re-prequel booted, whatever you called it. Oh, re-bookwalled. Re-bookwalled, that's the term. Re-bookwalled. <laughs> uh, brilliant, yeah, David? Um, I just think that it'll be nice to see... I don't think it's necessarily 100% needed, but I think it would be really nice to see Chucky go back to its horror roots rather than just go back, like, continue this, like, funny, derpy shit and really fourth wall breaking. I think it would be nice to go back to when it was simpler, when it wasn't all these entangled storylines where he didn't have a a daughter but also wanted a son and it's kind of like trans commentary, but it's not really because they don't actually do anything with it. It's. It just seems like they've just gone absolutely wild. They were on a shit ton of coke when they wrote, wrote every single movie, and they were just like, "Yeah, that's a film." It would be nice to see them go back to simple times and go back to the idea of horror roots and slasher roots with this character. Excellent, excellent. And uh, well, fi- final thoughts. Yeah, it'd just be funny to you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're like looking at like the like the viewings on like um like Cineworld or View or something and you see <laughs> Dust of Dawn 2 and you're like okay, interesting. And it says under it under it says romance comedy and like, it's like a picture Yeah, you of just go big just go in. <laughs> and it's Brokeback Mountain 2. Oh my god. Fuck? Right. What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, um, it's but, Brokeback Mountain 2, but it's um, Tarantino and George Clooney. Okay, oh, and yeah, that's time. Cool. That's time. Um, We're going to call it there. <laughs> We're going to call it there. Um, <laughs> Joe, um, uh, have you got anything to clear up? Oh, is this for I chip in? Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give 
Mm. Have I got any facts first? We'll give some little <laughs> trivia for the, the viewers. Trivia um, Bivia. Trivia Bivia. Um, so, I, I think this is all true. Uh, for the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, um, surprisingly, this film is one of the least bloody horror films of all time um, because of the PG rating. Mm. Um, for Chucky, uh, Chucky's full name is inspired by um, uh, Notorious Killers. So Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James L. Ray. Oh. Um, and from Dusk Till Dawn, got an, a fictional sequel to Shaun of the Dead in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It did, from Dusk Till Dawn. It did. Oh, yes. shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that I would watch. true factual information. It's good. That <laughs> I would watch. From Dusk Till Dawn will be the perfect sequel. Fantastic. Um, in, ter yeah. in terms of which one I'd... Um, yeah, go on. Who, who, do you, who do you think did all right then? So, I think I really liked Will's comment about for Chucky, once you go funny, you can't go back. So I yeah. think that's completely out of the picture for me, Chucky. Um, and I think Chucky's in a good place right now. It's, you know, it's found its its footing as being a funny thing. Um, from dusk till dawn, uh, I fear that if they did another movie, we'd get that same poster again. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly, yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Um, so I'm going to go for Texas Chainsaw Massacre because you know there's too many films. It, it needs a reset. It needs, yeah. you know. Well, well, those, those are some interesting thoughts, Joe. But real, it's all down to me who decides. Ooh. So, um. Basically, what Joe said. Will 100% gave up. Um, <laughs> so. Um, and, I haven't really come here with notes, I'll be honest. Uh, um, I didn't come here with notes. Uh, I, I didn't come here with the brain. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably the, the best of the. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. When he said Texas Chainsaw, that was my first pick. Oh, wow. I had a, I had two backup picks. I had um, Nightmare on Elm Street just to get rid of fucking Super Freddy because Super Freddy <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah. And um, I had Chucky, and I was like, "Well, they kind of already did that with Wes Craven's New Nightmare, anyway." And also, I'm going to be talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake after this as well at some point. Yeah. So I really don't oh, no. want to talk more Nightmare on Elm Street. So I went Chucky. But yeah, yeah, everyone sort of piled in on Chucky. Um, what Logan said about it having having a TV show will probably be best for it. Just keep it going, and that's what they're doing in the moment. What Will said about once you go funny, you can't go back, um, and no one could really tear down Texas Chainsaw. So um, yeah, I'm gonna give the point to Logan. Let's go! Let's go. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay, the next question. The next question is. Which horror movie villain would you survive against? And um, I'm going to go to uh, David first. And if you want to introduce your argument um, during this opening bit. Okay. Uh, so I have decided to go with, um, with Jason Voorhees uh, for multiple reasons. One, Jason Voorhees goes after people that have a lot of sex. I am not that, so I'm safe. <laughs> um... Two, I just think that Jason Voorhees is like the least threatening killer of all of them. You know his backstory, you know, like he doesn't really have any specific supernatural power other than the fact that he just keeps on coming back to life. 
and he just seems like the easiest to defeat. Like Freddy, he like gains power from your dreams, and like I sleep a lot, so I'd be fucked. Um, and then Michael Myers, like you don't know anything about him, you know, but he's basically unstoppable. So Jason Voorhees is just like the easiest kind of person to go against. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, Will, what? Um, who who would you go for? Uh, so I picked the Invisible Man. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> can, I, can I ask which Invisible Man? Is uh, it talking, the Transylvania I, I, one, the yeah. new ones, or the um, the original monster movie ones? When, when I'm picturing this, I'm picturing the new guy. Okay. Um, right, okay. That is, that's what, kind of what I'm picturing. Um, but I guess you could have really applied to all of them. It's just the concept alone. So, um, <clears throat> so we've got uh, the Invisible Man who, as we all know, is invisible. Um, now, he is invisible, but he's not, um, oh, he can't like, he can't like walk through walls. He's not like, he's still there, you know, he's, he's just fucking invisible. So the thing is, he can still interact with things. He can still get stopped by things, you know, and he is, as the name suggests, uh, a man. So he can die. Um, so a few things, uh, actually I've got a question. Have you ever like... Um, ever like sort of I don't know what this is kind of ridiculous, but woken up at like three AM or something, and like made like a massive noise and be like, "Fuck!" Hope that didn't wake everyone up, you know? It's like that type of shit. Yeah. Um, it's the same concept I could apply to Invisible Man. Like if I just threw fucking loud children's toys on the floor, this fucking guy is just gonna hit one, and just I'm gonna be like, I'm always I'm always gonna know where this fucking guy is. You know those um. You know those uh, piano tile things you can put on the floor? Well, like in big. Pro probably, I guess. I don't have to watch the film, but uh, but like those fucking, you know, you stand on them to play the piano. Yeah. I could just fucking lay my, my carpet with piano tiles and have different notes for different rooms. So like if there's a high-pitched <laughs> noise, I know he's in the kitchen. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's just fucking stupid. Like this guy, like... He, he thinks he's so fucking cool he can like avoid people like oh, i'm invisible yeah there are things like there are pressure sensors they exist um a lot of alarms i can just avoid this fucking guy so nah he's just uh he's a loser is what he is <laughs> I, I was not expecting this argument to be this good early on um right logan do you want to hit us with hit, hit us with yours all right listen <laughs> It's very simple. It's very basic. If we take a look at all of the baddies, all of the big horror guys, there's only one that should be extremely easy to kill. And the only reason they don't kill him is because they don't assume he's a killer. The answer is Chucky. He's a doll. He weighs as much as a doll. Sure, he's got some voodoo strength. At the end of the day, he's just like, have you ever held an American Barbie doll? I mean, you guys probably haven't because that's an American thing. It, it's light. It's a lightweight thing. If I had 30 minutes to prepare, I'd get a suitcase, cement, put him in there, filled up, bada bing, bada boom. If I had no time to prepare, lift him up, throw him out the window. Easy peasy. I mean, it makes so much sense. Um, yeah. Right, guys. Um, I'll, I'm going to start the timer. Go go off on All each right. other. 
Yes, uh, so quickly, um, I'm just gonna I'm just yeah. gonna ask a question quickly um, about this question. So, do we like get any prep time, or do we know they're coming? Um, oh, I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> Maybe give it like a day to prep. A, a day? No, That's a long time. Say That's a long day. ass time. Okay, two uh, hours. Okay, say you're you're the final survivor in a horror film against these people okay third act. You've, you've got third act time to prepare so basically i have plot armor okay good to know right <laughs> well sick right <laughs> <laughs> um so with jason at this point he, he's killed all my friends they've all they've all been game laid you know we've all been at the camp at camp crystal lake Honestly, he just doesn't seem like that much of a threat anymore. I, I feel like his blade would be dulled by this point because he only uses the one fucking machete. He doesn't like he's not like Michael Myers where he changes out his knife every every time he kills somebody. That blade is pretty dull by now. I don't imagine he has a grindstone anywhere nearby. And on top of that, he's also quite slow. He doesn't really run after his victims. And although I'm quite fat, I can still run. And by this point, I've probably found a car. I can just drive away, and I can just leave all that trouble behind me. I, I don't have to necessarily, you know, do anything with him. I don't have to even confront him. Like, I can just be a little bitch and just run away, because the main thing that people do in these horror movies is they try and confront the killer because they killed their friends. Why the fuck would I do that? I can just survive. <laughs> I'll just leave and I'll survive and then if he ever comes back to me again I can just leave there again I'll go on the run, I'll get a camper van and I'll live in that but Boom, that I'm sorted Yeah, camper van loads of like people do entire... that Yeah, no, no, your entire life in a camper van Yeah, I'd do that, I'd love boys. it I'd love that hmm. Well, you know what If they had, if they had transatlantic <laughs> railroad, railroads I'm yeah. sorted it would be And cool, if not right? but... After a while, you'd want to just like chill. You want to find a place that like. Well, yeah, you you set you set down for a couple of years, and then he comes after you again mm. because he just walks everywhere. You think he knows mm. how to drive? He died as a child. Okay, he doesn't know how to fair. fucking drive. That's fair. That's fair. He knows how to go to space, but he doesn't know how to go drive. Mm. I can tell you that much. Okay, I think um maybe I'm just like I don't know. I think I'm more I'm more like scared of both Chucky and Jason because I think they're both completely mentally fucking gone. Like, at least the Invisible Man, the new one I'm, I'm thinking of. At least Invisible Man's fucking, like... You know, he's he's fucking mentally gone. fucking gone. He's, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. He's, men you know, he's mentally fucked, but he's not, like, gone. He's not a god. He's, like, Jason's more of a monster, and Jucky's more of a monster than Invisible Man. Invisible Man's just a fucking dickhead. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Invisible Man's just a twat. Yeah, he's just an absolute fuck. So, no, it's just, I feel like, a, you know, I could beat a twat to death. Maybe not to death, but... <laughs> <laughs> that could be a twat the, the invisible man is just an absolute fuck That's he really is isn't he? fantastic he really is. absolutely yeah. fantastic um see the thing yeah. is against the invisible man though like mm. yeah you can put down all the toys that you want but at the same time he's gonna <laughs> see those toys no, he's gonna but... see them on the floor he can step between them he okay. knows where his feet are going well if i go for the piano tile thing <laughs> it's, or like literally just set up pressure sensors you know it's not hard like i can just go to the fucking I don't know. Or just put pins on the fucking floor. Like this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> just make him bleed to death through fucking tacks. <laughs> it's, it's just like it's just like this guy. You know, it, it, as as with most people who are very very smart in their field. You know, the one I'm thinking of specifically is the new guy who is really good with like what, cameras and stuff. And tech. Um, yes. So this guy's really smart with that. But as is the case with many people who are very smart with tech, they're not very 
smart in other fields because they've put all their fucking effort into this one, you know, this one field. So um, I don't think he's going to be very smart to sort of avoid my fucking tax on the floor. Also, like, I don't think he's expecting it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he'd think that I'm scared and I'd run away because he's invisible. But, you know, fucking loser. Like, <laughs> there are there things I could do to put, like, <laughs> put, like, I could put, you know, like, just like the paint in the in the new scene. New film. Um, I can just put like shit on him. Uh, like <laughs> you like, just literally shit on him. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, he's just like a. I don't know. He's just like he's just a loser, isn't he? It's just like desperate, and he's thirsty, and he's just he's just a. Yeah. It's just hmm. he's invisible. The invisible he's man's just man. a thirsty bitch. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, if you get rid of the invisible, what is he? He's just the man. Like fuck that guy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, does Does anyone have anything to say about uh, Chucky? Logan, do you want to defend it before we... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to defend. I'm going to attack both of you first. All right, so <laughs> I did do a bit of research onto this one because Jason Voorhees is... Oh, what a pick. So, um, it, from what I know, throughout his time, Jason Voorhees has around 150 kills under his belt. Jesus and Christ. And... Um, he does not always go for the sexually active people. While it's true he's activated by them, like an alarm clock, um, he definitely has killed those who have been cock-blocked. Um, I believe it was in um, Friday the 13th Part 3, there was a kid who was pranking people with um, a hockey mask that Jason will soon take, and he just killed that mofo. He straight-up butchered him. Yeah, but he, he took that mask from the kid, right? Yes. Took yes, it in a... he, he killed that kid so he could take the mask. If I just don't wear a hockey mask, I'm safe. If I don't get if I don't get laid and I don't wear a hockey mask, I'm sorted. And also, it depends what Jason you're going against, because we have seen he has the ability, while it is extremely stupid, to turn into like spirits or whatever and then possess people. So you could face up against him, and then you're just screwed. Anyone could be anyone. I'll just kill them. It's not like they're going to be extremely strong, because he's unless he's going against, like, unless he's specifically going into people that are his exact build, which, let's face it, not everybody is, like, six foot and fucking built like a truck. He's probably going to go into people that are, you know, a little scrawnier. I could probably even just trip them up and then throw them down the like the stairwell or something like that and then run away again. Like if someone's coming if someone like that is coming at me, I could probably defend myself. It's just if if Jason is close enough to stab me, I am probably fucked, but I just need to stay ahead. So I just travel constantly. I just keep moving and I'm sorted. But you always be so scared though. Every fucking I just get bored of being scared and I just like, yeah. you know what, I'm just gonna go on a road trip at this point. I'm gonna go see the yeah. house of cash. That's true. Gonna... You'd, actually be, you'd be secure in knowing that he would yeah, not exactly. get there for another like two months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, I know, I know his speed at this point. <laughs> I'm fine. Mm. And, and as <laughs> as for the Invisible Man, Uh-oh. like the guy was a genius. Yeah. He created invisibility technology. Like, I don't think a guy is gonna get like stuck up by some <laughs> pianos on the floor <laughs> like oh, <really? laughs> if, if i were him 
I'd bring like a bunch of shoes and just throw them around and then you'd yeah. have no idea what's happening. Okay. That's fair. But um interest I'll give you their interesting choices. I'll say that much. See, the main thing with Chucky I wanted to say was he does have the ability to transfer his um, like soul into other dolls over and over again, and into people, as we have learned in the uh, in the later series. Like he's done it multiple times. He keeps on doing it over and over again. So he doesn't necessarily have to come in the Chucky doll. He can come in a person's like body, and then you're just up against a person, which is the same kind of thing as going against Jason, and get, like because he's just a moronic killer. He's fucking psychopathic, and if you've ever wronged the Chucky doll or anything like that, you're fucked. If you've never had anything to do with Charles Lee Ray, you're fine. But let's say in this situation you have, that's like, say, the situation I was at Karam Crystal Lake. Mm. So he is just going to track you down no matter what, and he's going to try and kill you no matter what, because he's just determined. And with Chucky, he will over and over and over again get out of the situation where he has been either put in that briefcase with cement. He'll transfer his soul into something else, just like he has a million times. And he also, you've got to go against his wife and his son. So, Real. You've, you've got three dolls to put in a suitcase. I can buy a big suitcase. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the newer ones? They're pretty big. A lot of cement. I can get you 20% off cement, if you'd like. Hell yeah. <laughs> Right. Anyway, that's my that argument. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <laughs> like Zad is fucked off, so um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna just talk about him. Oh Zad. shit, also, no, like, sorry, I I, I was muted. <laughs> I muted my mic. I apologize. Wow. I didn't, didn't realise. Fucking moron. Phased out when I, I said piano. I was gonna say, yeah. um, is <laughs> is anyone ready for? Uh, I was gonna say final thoughts. Final thoughts. Mm. Everyone, if anyone wants to make final arguments, or is uh, everyone done? I think my main thing against Chucky and Jason is the fact that they're very supernatural. I think I just can't deal with that. It's too stressful. Like, I don't know how that fucking works. <laughs> like, I know how a man can work because, you know, I can relate, but... I am a man. The only thing I, I, I don't relate with is being invisible. But then again, I say that. <laughs> I don't really go outside, so... <laughs> I was always forgotten at school, so I'm pretty invisible anyway. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, everybody can fight him, you know? Anyways. <laughs> Much sadness. See, that's yes. the thing, though. If I, I would rather go up against the a person who is just only thinking of murder, yeah. than a person that is thinking, "How can I mentally fuck with this guy?" Because yeah. that's how that's how he works. He he wants to mentally destroy you before he kills you. Yeah. Because especially in the new one, he is very very psychological. He will fuck with your head no matter what, and he's not just going to get like Logan said. He's not going to be fooled by a fucking piano on the floor or some thumbtacks. Because the guy is a genius. Yeah, but he's like, not a musical he, genius. He's not a musical genius, but at the same time, he could probably just throw something in the other room that has another piano in there, and then you'd think he's in there, and he's yeah. just going to fuck with your head over and yeah, over that's again. <laughs> that's how he works. And that's yeah. why I'd rather go against Jason, because he's just going to swing his fucking machete at me. Yeah. Um, final thoughts from Logan? Chucky? Yeah. Small. Small. Small boy. <laughs> Precisely. I love that. That's the final thought. It's just like Chucky equals small. He's very fast though. He's very like. Oh, he's really yeah, like, it's his legs root, like move like fucking Stewie Griffin. <laughs> yeah, right. but it's distance like Usain Bolt. 
Hammer. Easy. Boom. Out. And that, we're going to call that time. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, Joe, anything to clear up? Um, I want to tell you the kill counts of all of these um, for context. So we're going to start with the smallest, uh, the Invisible Man, of five people. Uh, Chucky, a count of 74. And then, David, you are so stupid because Jason <laughs> has a kill count of 157. And I am supposed to be 158. You are stupid. Yeah, but how many of these people were getting laid? Yeah, true. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, this leads me on to my next point. Um, <laughs> sort of. So it's... <laughs> what would we survive against? So for me, I'm very sexy, so Jason would immediately come for me. Yeah, but so... you don't get sex. That's the thing. It's not the sexiness, it's the sex part. Okay, he's... Yeah, he's not coming for me then. Yeah, um, there you go then. Oh my god. Um... Uh, what has happened hmm. here? What has happened here, boys? So, for Chucky, um, you said it, you'd never assume it's a killer because it's a doll. Um, mm. But I think, was it David that said that Chucky can transfer his soul to another person like in Scooby-Doo 2002? Um, <laughs> but if we're giving them all two hours to prep, do the, do the villains also get two hours to prep? Well, yeah, because they're coming after us for the two hours. So they're probably yeah. thinking so of how Jason's going to gonna get more weapons then, other than his dull blade, isn't he? He doesn't use anything else other than his dull blade. He uses an axe in the new one, doesn't he? He throws it at someone, I think. Yeah, yes. that's in the remake, though. He does do that. I know, but this yeah, he, but we're, Jason's we're, in all these films, isn't he? Counting just original Jason. Are we? Yeah. The uh, only, the only what? thing I've seen him use other than, like... Wait, 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 wait. You said it in fucking... multiple films, Chucky goes into people's yeah. like yeah, bodies. That, yeah, so we're it. gonna have multiple films yeah. with Jason no, as well. Original he timeline thinks. Jason. Jason is basically mm. the same in all mm. of them, let's be honest. Um, um as you as you might guess though, I'd go with the Invisible Man. Mainly because I like the image of the Invisible Man on the piano from Big. You know I what? Gave I'm you, I gave you that point because I mentioned Big. I'm I'm no. I'm really struggling <laughs> to decide it. I'm really struggling to decide because obviously David's not winning this one. Yeah, um, that was terrible. That was a terrible idea. You choose <laughs> you choose Michael Myers over Jason Voorhees. Come on. No, because um, Michael Myers, you don't know fuck all about him. You know everything about Jason. You just know he was a kid that died in the lake. Um, you don't know why Michael does anything. David, you've not won. Pipe down. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's I between... I think there's a conspiracy against me. It's between the Invisible Man and Chucky. And... Logan's right, Chucky is small. But Will's right, it's just it's just a guy that's invisible. If you set all traps around your house, you you're fine. But I think what who would who would you go with, Joe? I'd go with the invisible man. The invisible man. See, I was gonna say the the one thing that would have made this a lot easier is if Will had said one extra thing. And that thing is he needs to go to the bathroom at some point. <laughs> he can't just stalk you all I mean, the time. Wasn't that implied though? Just because he's a man, like everything comes with it. It's like terms and conditions, you know. It would have made it easier. Gonna, maybe, maybe there's a little pouch inside the outfit. That yeah, maybe he's got like a little. <laughs> maybe that's and what powers. Smell it. the piss, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> you can smell the invisible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This guy's a fucking like loser. He probably didn't even drink. Like he has a massive suit on. He probably doesn't drink much water, so his piss will smell a lot. He's just got steam coming off him. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I'm gonna go for Will and the Invisible Man on that one. 
I don't know how the fuck. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, <laughs> me, me neither, mate. Me neither. You smashed it. All right. Um, hey, Joe. Well, um, if, if you got that question, who would you have gone for? For the one I'd be safest against. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's a hard one. Um. Would you count the guy from Don't Breathe as one? Yeah. Yeah. Him? Um. I thought of him. I don't know the reasoning, but there's there's that. Just don't break into his house. You saw it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but he's he's confined to one house. If I don't go near it, problem solved. Not in the second one, but he is confined to one house oh. in the first one. I um I would have gone for Ghostface from Scream. That's literally just your mate from school, dressed yeah, in a he, ghost outfit. Um, how many like... people has he killed? A few. Aha! Uh -huh, but... Here I come. Uh, What's he called again? Ghostface. Go Ghostface. What a stupid name. <laughs> there were some horror films that I sort of avoided because I thought it was like, there's like this is just like, obvious. I can't die to this fucking thing. But like, I can't exactly remember what they were from now, so that's fucking pointless. But thirty six. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Over four yeah, films as well, can I just say? Yeah, it's still less than 158, David. Yeah, David, you are stupid. Just your mate from school killed yeah, <laughs> yeah. like 36 people. That was though. really dumb, David. That was, really, that was a really <laughs> I, dumb idea. I wanted to give myself a, a challenge, okay? I wasn't going oh. with the easy fucking small dude or the literal man. <laughs> and if you got to make it realistic. Yeah, I just wanted to go with something fun. Yeah, you true. are going to get killed by him. I'm not also, trying to win. I'm trying to have fun. Go right. Died people. Way, by the way. Um, okay, the next question. For this one, if you guys just want to introduce the film and, and go around. So um, um, the question is, what's the worst horror film of the 2010s? Um, and the first person is Will. Okay. Um, so if you just want to so... say the, the title of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to go into a bit of a spiel afterwards, or? Um. No. If that's okay. okay. All right. So the film is called. God. The film is called Dylan Dog, Colon, Dead of Night. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um. Logan, what's your film? Uh, mine is the prequel movie to The Thing, also titled The Thing. Phenomenal. And uh, David, what was your film? My film was the Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. Okay, okay. Ring-a-ding-a-ding-a-ding. -a -ding -a -ding. What was that? Looks like we have some weird commotion going on over here. Oh my god, I see that. Uh, um, oh my god. Oh my god. This is, actually, this is actually a reverse fight. Uh-oh. Which means that the picks you have just gone for are actually your choices for... What's the best horror film of the 2010s? Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually genius. Well done. That's, that's, that's like a whole thing. Tell me about this as well. I kind of hate you, Xander, because I've written you loads of notes about why they're oh. so bad. <laughs> so, um, Will, if you want to start and tell me why Dylan Dog Dead of Night is the best horror film okay. of the 2010s, that'd be fantastic. Okay. Well, first off, let's talk about it. It's literally, it was made in 2010, so it's the prime year. It is the year it was supposed to be made. It was the year that the world was supposed to see this film. Now, this film, it doesn't need to rely on on logic or or, or world building. You know, it, it has its own sense. You know, from the title alone, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night. It's a garbage title, I, I will agree. But but garbage is perfect for this film. It sets up the film as to this, like, oh, it's you, you kind of need to, like, read this Italian comic book before watching it. But, like, if you don't, you'll have a better time, kind of. So basically, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night. 
is about a detective or well two one detective and a partner um this uh basically trying to figure out what the hell is going on with like monsters in like where they live and like do monsters exist or what the fuck's going on and um uh events unfold the partner um is killed and uh through the fucking magic as we all love in films uh, through magic the partner comes back to life um but is undead and now this raises some fantastic moments so um as an undead person you cannot eat actual food um instead you have to eat worms to live uh and if you don't eat worms to live you die a second death which alone is just the funniest concept to me um why worms well think about it when you're buried <clears throat> you're put into the dirt what the hell goes what goes inside your body well it's worms so uh also one other um, fantastic feature of this film um they expand on the concept of the wooden stake for like vampires um so when you kill a vampire you know you lodge a wooden stake through its heart um they put a modern twist on it uh, quite dare i say genius modern twist on it um they use guns in this film because it's a modern film uh and they shoot uh these guns with, with these bullets with uh wood tipped edges <laughs> um <laughs> which is one of the greatest fucking ideas i've ever come across and they use these fucking bullets to kill the vampires it's like um it's like in blade where they use those fucking they use like silver to kill the vampires but this is this makes more sense this is a uh, wood tipped bullets <laughs> I think I'm about to give this movie a, a point in its favour, but this has um, Todd Ingram from uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. You know, yeah. the guy with vegan powers. What, do you mean Brandon Routh? Do you mean literally Superman? No, it's the it's the guy with vegan powers, Xander. Incredible. Yeah, that's Superman. Get some culture. No, but Brandon um, Routh, uh, he's beautifully... That is like, Superman, by the way. He's so stern in this film. I feel like he could, like, wrap me up in bed, you know? Right, let's uh, let let's hear from what, let's hear from Logan next. Um, uh, Logan, uh, you went with the thing from 2011. Why is that the best superhero? Uh, the best soup? The best horror movie of the 2010s? I told you that this was personal. Why I didn't like this movie? I told you that. <laughs> All right. So, for those of you that don't know, the original thing is a movie about a bunch of um, people on a research station in Antarctica. They discover that there's an alien that can assimilate and turn into any organic material. They, um, part of the plot of the movie is that they go over to a Norwegian research station that there was some shooting at dogs before that they were involved in and find that there is burnt buildings, there are people who have killed themselves, and there's like charred creature corpses. The Thing remake in 2011 is the prequel to that, is what happened at that Norwegian research base. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people have criticized it for using pretty bad CGI, especially in the end, compared to the original, which had mind-blowingly great um special effects but this movie is really really good you know you love it when a movie filled with mystery and intrigue has everything 
explained out for you. <laughs> I'm being a bit sarcastic, but there are some good things. It has Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and she and like all of the actors do a pretty good job as their roles. Um, there's a, they're not as memorable as the first ones, but you can't really with um, uh, Keith David and Kurt Russell as stars. Um, and also, it's painstakingly accurate to how it was in the original film. Like, everything is exactly where it was in the sequel. Um, now, the ending. A lot of people, a lot of people don't like the ending. Um, I agree. That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> but, um... It does, the best thing I can say about it is that it does pay a lot of homage and respect to the original one. And it, as much as you would think it would, it does not completely rip it off. Like, there are so many times where they could have done something exactly like the original, but they find a way to do a better version you know, they find a way to do a different version. So they do have respect for the film. May not have had to exist, but it does. And yes. That was, that was, that was really good. Well done, Logan. You're doing great. I'm, I'm very angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had so many points laid out. <laughs> not anymore. Um, David. Why, why is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake the greatest uh, I, horror film of the 2010s? I really, really hate you for this. I, I was so ready to rip into this movie for everything that it f does fucking wrong. And yeah. you've ruined my night. My disappointment is immeasurable and my day is ruined. I, I can't wait to come and see you next week so I can slap you for this. Fantastic. But it's a, it's a great film, though, right? It's oh, it's film. fantastic. It's incredible. It's the best <laughs> film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's my favorite film of all time. Yeah, really? um, so, An Elm Street from 2010. It starts, off, it starts off really strong. It's got this really cool diner scene at the opening um, where they have this cop in the diner just, like, experience Freddy for the first time. And it's this, like, it's a, almost a nightmare sequence, um, but not a complete normal nightmare sequence. Um, and they do some really interesting stuff with the character Freddy, as um, is very common knowledge by now. Um, the original idea that Wes Craven came up with from, um, like, for Freddy Krueger is that he, he was going to be a sexual predator. Um, and in this, it's actually fully confirmed. And it makes it makes the hatred towards Freddy a lot better. It makes you, like, it doesn't make him, like, an iconic um, horror character anymore. It kind of rewrites the idea of him being iconic, and it just makes him an evil bastard to everybody, not just this fun, quirky slasher killer who might be a nonce. In this one, he's actually a pedophile, and he's, you know, they try and prove him wrong, like, prove everybody wrong as well. They do something really interesting there where they have them, like, try and find out if freddy was actually innocent or not because all like everything was suggesting all this but it was never originally confirmed and where most people would have gone down the route of no he's actually not he's just misunderstood and that's why he haunts these people because he was always he was burned alive for 
being an innocent man. He actually deserved it. And we now finally know that he genuinely was. And it's nice to have that the idea um, of like the fact that he is actually this horrible person that we've always thought he was. So it's nice to have that confirmation. It's also, um, I think the casting of Quentin is fantastic. Um, he's he's great. Uh, Kyle Gauner, Gauner, um, yeah, he's he definitely doesn't look like a. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's got some cool CGI here and there. Um, the kills uh, they recreate the kills quite faithfully from the original, um, which I definitely enjoy. Um, and it's got Clancy Brown, who doesn't love a good bit of Clancy Brown. Mm. Um, fun little fact about the movie: the uh, sweater was actually knitted by Judy Graham, who Graham, who's knitted the Freddy sweater in the original. So they got the same person back, which is actually kind of cool. They had a few people who worked on the original come back. Obviously, we didn't get Wes Craven back because Wes Craven is dead. Um, bit of a shame because he mm. could have. Take take this movie in even more of the correct direction, um, but yeah, it's 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 such a great movie. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's really good. You should definitely go watch it and not spend your time watching the original instead and seeing <laughs> this absolute classic horror film. You should you should watch the remake. That's really 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 good. Right, okay. We get the point. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you guys some time now to uh, rip into the other movies. Um, to, yeah, argue amongst yourself why why yours is the best and the others are the worst. Have fun, guys. I'm quickly just going to say, Dylan Dog De- Dead of Night, everywhere I've looked, it doesn't actually say it's a horror anyway. It says it's an action comedy crime drama. Um, uh, with on, a bit of thrill on, in there. On, on, I, I base things on my, on my letterboxed... Um... Uh, cult mindset. Um, I think it comes under a horror on Letterbox. On um, um on IMDb, I'm looking at it right now. Action comedy crime. Um, there's a wow. fair few tags at the bottom. Horror is one of them, but it's like the last one. It's action comedy crime, fantasy, mystery, filler, horror. Well, in a way, I mean, it. it well, thing is, having watched it, it is very much a horror. Um, it does have it, the classic fucking horror tropes. You know, it has a lot of jump scares. It is about fucking vampires. It's like it. It sort of delves into horror the same way Blade delves into horror, like because there I've are actual Blade. like. Oh, sorry. I've never watched Blade. Oh, okay. Basically, there, there are some, like, scary movie. moments. It. it is. It is very fun. Uh, it's just like there are really scary, like truly scary moments. Uh, but it, it's like, it's within a narrative that propels into into something else. It's more of like a it's like a crime drama. So, huh. um, it is ho- a horror in it, very much a horror in moments. Okay. Um, other thing, this mm. film sounds fucking horrendous. Oh it's my horrendous. god! I, it does whilst sound you, bad. Whilst you were talking about it, I I read through a bit of the Wikipedia plot. It's so nonsensical. There's nothing that seems like it's actually supposed to happen. Like all the characters sound really shit. The okay. everything about this movie sounds horrible. Well, I'll tell you what this film does. It it modernizes. Just, just classic like horror like concepts like like vampires. We've known vampires for, for ages, you know, for years. And and the fact that they've done this wood tip bullets thing that alone, you know, that alone implies they're actually trying. They're being creative. They're trying these big concepts. That, you know, that's a concept that is so ingrained into vampires. Like trying to change that is kind of risky. But you know, they took that risk. And 
I'd say that was it paid off. It was certainly also when is it ever you know when is when is taking risks ever funny? You know that is a funny concept to have wood tip bullets. So. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's my two cents. Well, yeah, but you could also just have the same thing as just like literally just have mm. a bow, a crossbow yeah. with a fucking stake on it. There you go. You've got a, a, a crossbow, like a fucking stake gun. You sorted. That's what, like, yeah, I believe right. Fright Night had that as well. But it doesn't work in the context because this is a detective with a revolver. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's also not a wood to It's also bullet. not a movie. Uh, but no, it's just, also... it's, yeah, sorry, you take, you speak. <laughs> you gonna okay. say something? Um, Logan, you're gonna say I have, something. I have nothing to say. <laughs> you're um, you're taking it all. You're you're getting every point. Um, yeah. the thing 2011. I I've not seen. I've seen the original. Um, mm -hmm. and I Very fucking good. love the original. And the idea of the thing we make is, or the re like. Uh, prequel is interesting to me if it wasn't for the point of um, it explains everything because the whole intrigue of um, the thing is the fact that you don't really know what's going on in the first place you don't know anything about the end either like mm -hmm. everything's ambiguous everything like they don't really hold your hand through this experience it's literally just you feel like you're one of the people in this facility and you don't know who the fuck is going to turn on who next. And that's that's where the horror of the thing comes in. It doesn't come in with the fact that like the thing is disgusting, like the actual creature itself is disgusting. It comes in with the fact that no there's so much suspense at all times. It the music helps with that as well, but like you never mm -hmm. really know what's gonna happen. Each time I rewatch that film, I still don't like don't expect certain things to happen. And I've rewatched that film yeah. many times because I'm a fucking huge fan of the thing and and halloween 1978 like they're yeah. two of my favorite horror films of all time and that intrigue alone is the best thing about it and they've already ruined that prequel by explaining anything and, and giving us any kind of context mm. it, it ruins the experience of the thing i can yeah yeah <laughs> um also you you're really the, glad uh... i said that haven't you <laughs> Yes. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So you said that it's all it's all like CG and not um not practical, and that is just hilarious to me because a, such a massive like reason the thing oh, is God, so yeah. fucking memorable is because they had some insane practical effects, if not the best practical effects I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, um, it is, yeah. It is insane how good, like especially the uh, the dog bit when oh it's like God. all three dogs and it's like the heads and he's trying God. to mimic all three of them at the same time. It's it's so visceral and yeah. disgusting it make it literally like makes me feel sick to my stomach and films don't usually do that to me like i can i can watch gory shit and just be like yeah I've, i'm i was eating during the time <laughs> that was a mistake because i felt like i was going to throw up at that scene <laughs> it was horrible um, really um do, does anyone have anything to say about uh nightmare on elm street uh yeah i think a lot of the same criticisms about the thing prequel could be said about the nightmare. Like I know a lot of the practical effects done in the original were very impressive. Like the face against like the spandex over the bed, like that yeah. whole thing. And then like a lot of CG was used in this and that's not the main issue. I would say that a lot of the like, 
like obviously Freddy being a killer because he was killed by the townspeople is really interesting because they didn't know if he was a pedophile. They just assumed it. Yeah, no, it's and the that, same in this. No, he was. Yeah, but like, they, they didn't 100% know. Well, they didn't even find if anything. they don't, the audience didn't know in the original. And the audience does know in this one. And I feel that like takes away the punch. Like, oh yeah, they were justified. I don't really care about what happens to him now. Whereas in the original, I was like, oh, did he do this? Or is he just evil because he was wrongly killed i feel it loses intrigue yeah that's fair that's a good point that's a good point um should we uh do some final thoughts if anyone wants to go around and do um i will start with will uh okay so um I, you can either defend guess... yours or rag on someone else's or do both oh, okay I'll, I'll just do a quick thing uh so yeah i think um dylan dog is certainly um <clears throat> well first off first off it's the only one that isn't a remake out of these three. Um, it's its own thing. It tries new things. It tries funny concepts that it knows are ridiculous, but it does them anyways, you know, with two bullets. I'll say it one more time. Um, <laughs> and also the fact that the undead can only eat worms. It's so adorable, and I love it. Um, but yeah, speaking of these two other remakes, um, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't, think a re I, don't think, uh, I don't think a remake of The Thing with full CG is... It doesn't well. First of all, it doesn't capture the concept of the thing, and like um, David said, the intrigue of the first film, the the mystery, the just like the the honestly the confusion between every single person and the audience with this just thing, you know, <laughs> like that mm -hmm. is what makes that film for me. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. God, I'll be honest. I well, first off, I haven't seen the original film, and I haven't, I haven't seen the remake, and I can't give you any info on that, so I'm not gonna bullshit. Um, I just I just don't know. So there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Brill. Um, Logan, uh, final thoughts. All right, my final thoughts are going to be in form of images, and I know that people listening can't see them. But this original one is a special effect from the original movie. It's this weird spider creature with a long, like lifelike human face on it. It's gross. It's got like, like mucus or whatever dripping around it, and it was just a incredible special effect and then this is the big bad thing from the 2011 one it's just good god above it's just <laughs> it's just so much better hey god just quick thing i didn't do audience, anything for the audience show the absolute legend um, in reference to the thing from the 2011 the thing, um, when did they get Xander into the film? Into film that scene. Fantastic. <laughs> 2011 year old Xander, right there, boys. Great. That's puberty, Great. right? Yeah. <laughs> puberty hit him like a fucking truck. Unreal. And and also yeah. just uh, a quick thing, they did use like entirely practical for the prequel until the. Like studios got in and made them do it over with CGI. They did. I was I was gonna say this. I'm actually trying to find the video now. I watched a video on it and the early see, the early really concept stuff that they did for it looks amazing. And you can see mm. exactly where they've just covered shit up with CGI and it looks awful. Um, you know is so it just sad? me or does the thing look like the Scorpion King? Oh, you're right. You're right. It, yep. Yeah. It's that um, level, like the uncanny valley. Man, if we didn't get into C if like CG didn't like you know pop off and become really popular, we would have so many insane practical effects by now. It would just yeah. be 
so cool, but obviously it's we don't cheaper get much to do. It, it yeah, kind of looks Xbox like one of the like goblins it. from Gringotts. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, right, and uh, David, final thoughts. Um, just want to say quickly, we like the audience does find out about um, Freddy being a pedophile later, like in the film, but it is quite later on. It's um, when Quentin and um, I've forgotten her name, but they actually go down um, into the basement where he lived, and seeing that as well is actually really interesting. We get to really, really see all the areas of um, this school mm -hmm. and. The nightmare sequences are also like really creepy. Uh, Freddy is very like he's very like in his own world, and you can feel that he's there and that he's like most powerful there, and he's fucking terrifying in those bits. And also, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night, fucking hell. Great. I, I, I've never heard of this movie before you even said it. I never want to hear about this movie ever again. Wood Tip Bullets is the stupidest fucking thing since, mm. I don't know, Super Freddy. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. There you go. Round over. Uh, that one was a lot of fun. That one was a lot of fun. Um, no, it wasn't. Right. Uh, Joe, what, what, um, what, what, what did you find out that round? Um... <laughs> So, so a lot of my facts are based. Well, I say a lot of my facts. I've only got one fact for one, and that's the uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomato rating. And it was based on the worst ones. But so if we're going on the best one, uh, we'll start with thirty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes, tomato, tomato. I don't know for the thing. Um, yeah. Fifteen percent for Nightmare on Elm Street, and the seven percent for Dylan Dog. But you can't really base your opinion on. No, no, yeah, 100%. I fucking hate Rotten Tomatoes anyways, but yeah. I'm just going to start by saying I really like the idea of wood-tipped bullets. I think that's <laughs> genius. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's mini stakes firing out a gun. Oh, it's How can you say no to that? It's just amazing. Um, and I think it also is, you know, the most original out of all of them. Because <clears throat> it's not based on something that's happened before. Yeah, that, that's, that's um, the comment that stuck with me for a while there. Uh, um, that it's uh, the only original one. I would have gone with the thing because I've written loads of notes about it and how you know it kind of it it pays homage to the original. It it fits really well, um, but yeah. I think the fact that studio tampering and the lack of practical effects, which is kind of what made the original so good, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to go with the thing. And Nightmare on Elm Street, that's the only one of the three I've watched, and it was it was boring. Um, <sighs> and not very scary so i think i'm gonna have to go for i can't believe i'm saying this but uh will's dylan dog dead of night because it just sounds bonkers and i love it i am um, so so that that one was a lot of fun i appreciate you all uh all going for it there um i'm 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 torn between david and will um the primary thing you gotta think about for this i think is probably the argument rather than yeah the so actual, like, we'll, like, the, the film itself. Yeah, so, yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, Will, your argument was heavily based on the the wackiness of this movie. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's weirdness and it's originality. Um, but David did come up with some points, I think a few more points. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give the point to David. Yeah, Yay. Yeah. And that actually does tie up the scores. 
Woo! One, one, one. And it's high. Oh, okay. Everyone's on the board. Ooh, it's all to play for. Ooh. Oh, really I'll gladly <laughs> tank the point to stick to my principles yeah. there. <laughs> Mate, what you both said can't be on You're welcome for saying what I said. Thank you. I, I accidentally picked my jacket up the wrong way while getting out of Halloween kills, oh. and I dropped a lot of business cards in that cinema. <laughs> I, dro I dropped a lot of them. It's a barrack. Why did you put them in your jacket pocket? For networking. You never know. You say, hold on, you say business cards. Is it fill me in business cards? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I have one? Of course you can. Have it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I savor it. You know, this is a fucking big moment. I didn't realize you had business cards. Also, right now, one logo. also, I didn't realize you were like you're literally on the next street to me. Will. I know, right? It's so fucking. I looked at my snap maps and you were just there. It's like, right oh. here all the time. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, just I think we'll your Oh, he's watching. Oh my god. I don't exactly know what. Like, I don't know exactly what street you're on. I haven't even really checked probably, but. I'm on a. I'm on. Okay. Don't dox yourself. This is recorded. <laughs> Fuck, actually, yeah. It's beep drive. Sorry, that's, yeah. Um, so that accidentally includes that in the thing, but it's the only bit of this entire <laughs> section that he includes. <laughs> My location is... Okay, question four. Round four. Ding, ding. What's the best subgenre of horror? Now, this the, there's a lot of possible possible answers for this one. Uh, Logan, I'm going to go to you first. Alright, should I just say it or like go on my whole you spiel? Go, go on a spiel. Go on a spiel. Alright. On a spielberg. What's the best subgenre? Hold on. Stuff's about to happen. Give me a second. <laughs> no problem. What's that noise? Alright. Who's that hellish demon in the fucking back <laughs> Alright, I'm good. I better be good. Um so the best subgenre is the one that can be applied to the most genres. And that is straight up zombie slash undead. And that includes like virus ones, like um, uh, 28 Days Later. Let me ask you a question. Xander, what's your favorite overall genre? Of movie. Of movie. Um, I'd probably go with horror. Oh, excluding horror. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd go with action. Action. Have you ever seen the movie Train to Busan? I have. It's phenomenal. It's yes. an incredible Korean zombie film. Let me ask you a little something. Will, what uh, is yes? your favorite genre, not including horror? What's my favorite genre? Uh, that's a really good question because I don't really know anything about genre. Um, let's just say... Let's just say thriller. Let's go thriller. Yeah. Thriller. All right. Well, what if I told you that there was a TV show mm -hmm. about a woman who is turned into a zombie and eats brains to solve the crimes? I zombie. Okay. I zombie. What I'm trying to get at mm -hmm. is that for every genre, there is a zombie movie for it. Comedy, Shaun of the Dead, or Zombieland. Mm -hmm. That's all I had prepared in terms of genres um but in general it's so applicable ever since george romero created the whole um uh zombie craze it's been just 
incredible. It's just been so filled. We've had some bad ones like World War Z for sure. We've also had some great ones like all the ones I just mentioned. And yes, the thriller music video. That counts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to go for musical, you could go um, Anna and the Apocalypse. Anna and the Apocalypse. You've, actually, you've actually just spoiled film. my notes for later on. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actual good film. Um, how about a Christmas movie? Give, give that a try. Oh, you want Christmas zombies? Go on, Christmas you zombies. You just named one. Yeah, you just named the one. Is that in the, in the Apocalypse a Christmas movie? Yes! It's a Christmas horror zombie comedy musical. I thought it was just a horror zombie, horror, like, rom-com zombie musical. No, it's a set of Christmas as well. Oh, also, I didn't know that. Fuck. Christmas Zombies is a movie. Just straight up. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking words we associate to fucking film. Rom-com zombie, like, fuck me, like... Rom-com zombie. It's great, but, it, like, what the... What? That's Shaun of the what? Dead. That's, um, Warm Bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just hilarious, really. What about but, Tommy Wiseau movies? That's an entire genre in itself. He was pretty dead in the room. <laughs> he did come back as well at one point. I guess he is a zombie. But he's also a vampire. He's also D.B. Cooper. <laughs> what, what determines the genre he's of a film as a horror? He is the Joker. Yeah, I watched that. great. Oh, um, God, I love it. Yeah, I was wondering, why actually determines the genre of a film? Like, because... It, could the experience of watching it be a horror? Like, if it's so bad? Oh, true. I mean, those um, are just, like, so bad it's good, aren't they? Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, I won't derail this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but just... <laughs> the padding boys. In general, if there is a genre, there is a great zombie movie for it. Also, it's just, like, in my opinion, the scariest thing. What's worse... Like, sure, a person chasing after you with a knife is scary but the slow moving almost human but not quite creatures whose only instinct is to kill you it's just like hits me like deep in the gut like wow this is like depressing i don't want to live in this um and it's just overall the best straight up facts interesting that that a good argument there a very good argument yeah um david what 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 is your what is the best subgenre for it to you? So this one's a little bit biased, I will admit, um, as a lot of my favorite fil um, horror films are this genre, but slasher. And the main reason why is because it's the ultimate um, horror movie, like horror subgenre. The main thing you think of when you think of like horror, especially if you um, grew up watching or grew up, either you grew up in the 70s or the 80s, or you just grew up watching these kind of films is slasher films you grew up watching halloween you grew up watching texas chainsaw you grew up watching chucky you just grew up watching friday the 13th this and the other the main things you always think of are these slasher icons and slasher has been toyed with in so many ways as well it's had the most bog standard movies ever or it's had the ones that even like both subvert and take the piss whilst also being a slasher with scream scream is a slasher movie that isn't a slasher movie and then you've got stuff like Cabin in the Woods, which completely subverts the entire subgenre by being the most bog standard thing in the first half of it and then turning everything to shit and just changing everything completely. Like, Slasher has also been the main influence for so much more horror 
like slasher start basically started the whole horror renaissance and the whole like horror like the the burst of horror films that were in the 80s the amount of there's so much slocky stuff and there's also so much great stuff and like slasher can be made in so many different ways like there's tv series that you can do it with you can do like anthology series you can do these really weird and interesting worlds but you can still keep it as a slasher and that's why i think it's the best subgenre although zombies yeah you can you can have that into every single genre but that doesn't mean it's the best subgenre of horror it just means it's the best subgenre in general if you're talking about in specifically horror slash is the ultimate one because you can like anybody can do it and anybody can do it in their own way evil dead is a slasher still and that's one of the most like incredible horror films of all time and it's one of the most low budget as well and it that has gone on to like inspire thousands of horror films including saw which isn't a slasher but the whole inspiration between that was the evil dead and how that is a slasher and everything else so that's why i think that is the best subgenre granted once again i'm biased i love them i love to turn my brain off and just watch it but there's also like intricate stuff in there and it it just has so much range within horror okay belting uh thank you david uh will what is the best subgenre of horror for you um for me uh, it's sci-fi horror and um <clears throat> so i've got a few reasons um now it's sci-fi horror is horror where like horror doesn't belong because sci-fi is so unknown it's so futuristic it's beyond sort of what we can make now it's 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 an interpretation of what the future is and because it's not what we're currently living it raises more questions of unknown and we don't really know what you know what the situation is what the world is and having a horror within that is just another another element of of fear and unknown and uncertainty which i think really really works and they meld together very very well although it feels like you know horror should not belong in this you know new futuristic world uh especially specifically for sci-fi um and i, I guess it, i'd say the same doesn't really apply for like zombie films like zombie horror films because like that is that you, you expect that you go in you go to a zombie film you expect it to be quite horrific although even if it's not a horror film you expect it to be pretty fucking scary and it's just something that you you, know, you go in with that expectations but you go into a sci-fi film when a sci-fi film does it you know horror can be anything it can be a really scary alien from another planet or it can be the very concept of uh getting along with your shipmates or something you know so yeah i think it has a lot more range in that in that essence and i'd say that slashes i'd argue slashes don't have the range i think slashes all too often merge into one because they so often rely on the most common tropes for horror and i think that is the most i think uh slashes i think a slasher film it the genre itself is a trope you know i think that the that, that genre allows for the most tropes in horror uh specifically character tropes you know like um the ones who die or the or the <clears throat> personalities of the characters um so yeah i'd i'd that that's my that's my case i think sci-fi just invites the most terror and unknown and uncertainty and worry and 
ultimately originality because you're in a new world, a world that we're not living in, you know? Interesting. Yeah. I I quickly just want to, like, have a counterpoint there. Where, yeah, go for it. Although, yes, you, you're stepping into the unknown, and that is scary, but something that's also scary, especially with Slasher, is the fact that it's a bit more grounded in reality. In most cases, it's not, but with some of them, they are very grounded in reality. A lot of this shit, especially like Halloween specifically, mm -hmm. that shit can just happen. And the idea of that is way more terrifying to me than something going on in space, because mm -hmm. something going on in space isn't going to affect me too well. But the idea of just some random person snapping one day, going out, just going crazy, and going on a rampage is a lot more realistic to me than either an alien mm -hmm. going around killing somebody and like killing a bunch of people in the space station or a zombie apocalypse rising now like, that's interesting. someone snapping and just killing mm. it has happened it has happened multiple times in the past as well that's like serial killers exist and that's where you get most of your like inspiration for slasher and also with your point of slashes always fall into these mm. tropes they also started all these tropes, though. So that's why. They, they created the tropes of horror. You didn't really have, like, the person running and falling before you had, like, mm. Halloween. You didn't have, um, like, all these tropes of characters of, like, the the bloody, like the stoner, the, the slot, this, that, and the other. You didn't have those before, like, Friday the 13th. These yeah. films, especially these classic 70s and 80s ones, created all these tropes. And that's why Slasher falls into that. And it's more to pay homage to its like predecessors. Yeah. It's basically respecting your elders and even <laughs> sci-fi, especially in like Alien. There's still tropes in there from from slasher that still exist. Same thing happens in zombie movies. Tropes happen in there because they've happened in slasher. Not yeah. just like specifically going from like um, Night of Living Dead. Like you, most of the things that you see in a in a zombie film have happened previously in slashes because it's a trope of horror now, and that's why I think that's like the best subgenre because it started all of that. It it created what is practically modern horror and all the tropes of it anyway. Okay, um, just uh, just I'll quickly I mentioned uh, add this thing. So it's it's really interesting how you say. Initially, your first point was um, that you know it's sort of like a, a slashers retain a kind of realism um, and connection to like grounded sort of sense of the world, and that's what yeah. kind of terrifies you. Um, it's funny because it's it's personally it's it's just a preference thing. I'd say that for like sci-fi for me, I think that because because I get swept up in this in this world of sci-fi in this unknown sort of claustrophobic um, <clears throat> environment. And yeah. I sort of get swept up in the the you know the the controversies and and um the stuff of these uh of these characters and i feel like i'm in that sort of environment that that claustrophobic scary environment so i think for me at least i don't need that sort of grounded sense of realism i think that sort of takes it away from me because i feel like oh it's just it's just home you know i there are a million places i can go but in somewhere like space where the fuck do i go you know yeah um and mm. in mention to your other comment about um how it basically invented tropes and it uh, essentially, um, <clears throat> sorry, invented the tropes of its genre and eventually established modern horror. Now I do agree, yes, that is that is true. But then again, again, just preference. I'd say that 
although it created it, often the things that create things, you know, it doesn't mean they're the best incantation or or, or interpretation yeah, of certain. I'd say that even though they made it, it's still happening and it's still being reused. And it's like, it sounds, this is ridiculous jumping off this onto something else, but I'm going to say the guy who, it's like the guy who fucking uh, created fucking, I don't know, the nuke or the guy who created pop-up ads. Both of those people <laughs> fucking greatly regretted what they did after they made them. Uh, although they were very influential uh, in, the, in the fucking future and used much more. Um, and I'd, so I'd argue that the, the the things that the slashers set up, the great tropes that they just set up that were greatly original at the time, have been reused to shit and um, interpreted in bad ways. That's true. Take. Hmm. Um, does anyone have anything to say um, about about uh, zombies or the undead? I do um... certainly, but it's very <laughs> it's com it's a lot. So I'll let other people talk first. I think the main thing about Zombies and Undead is the like same with Slasher to be honest. And this is a point against my favor, but it's also just an argument against yours. Is there's only so much you can do with it before it starts to become like like Will said before, it all kind of molds in together. Like very rarely does a um like does a zombie movie stand out. It's a very, very rare occasion when a zombie movie does stand out. And it's the same with Slasher. Um, honestly, same with sci-fi nowadays. Like they do so many sci-fi horrors that they all just kind of blend together and become basically just alien or not as good as alien. Yeah. And with zombies, it's always like to, for me personally, it's okay. This is basically just blank movie, but there's a slight twist on it. Like um, the most recent one with like Army of the Dead. It's it's nothing necessarily special. It's just a schlocky zombie movie, but it's set in Vegas. That's about it. There's nothing special about it. It just it blends in together. There's a couple new ideas here and there every now and then, but none of them really stick, and none of them really like impact the genre. The only one that has recently impacted the genre for me is Transpusan. That is mm -hmm. the perfect zombie movie. But it's just zombies. It's just a zombie movie. It's not because of the zombies of that movie is great. It's because of the characters and because of like the way they think. It's not like the fact that these zombies are constantly coming at them. It's you're getting to learn about these people and it's more a character story about this father who is trying his best, but not try he's like not really doing well and he's trying his best and his daughter just kind of hates him but she starts to love him because of this scenario and you can put them in the zombie scenario but you could also put them in any other scenario that movie doesn't change because it's about the characters that's fair yeah um logan do you have anything to respond to this yeah all right so have you heard of the theory that our horror movies are based on what our specific societies have done that's bad. I'm, yes, I'm explaining it poorly, but like in the UK, like the horror movies there is like the leprechaun, but like in the middle of London, there's um, American werewolf in London. Or like Jack Ripper, like all of your horror movies are set in cities because like the tragedies of like the industrial revolution and like all of the bad stuff there that's where your horrors happened so that's where it's set 
and then hear what we did to like the native americans and just like all that stuff that's why it's always the middle of nowhere or like a rundown car just in the countryside yeah there's a universal one that we're all afraid of which is the fear of losing our humanity and that's what zombies represent they represent us turned bad it represents us not as us and that's what's scary and it's it's true that nowadays the characters are more important the zombies are more of like a plot tool um but i would say that again like you said it's very similar to slashers and to sci-fi that this the, the subgenres are just a plot tool to examine how humans react in this and i think like the ultimate thing is like if humans are facing their lack of like human identity what would they do and that's just like the scary thing that's what makes you afraid to facing zombies that's interesting actually i've never really, like i've never really thought of zombies like that it's more just like there's a zombie apocalypse people are just fighting to survive really not like facing their humanity mm-hmm. um i think the one that probably does that the most is probably um 28 days and 28 weeks later yeah like with their fight for survival and the fact that they're just fighting like for humanity in, in general canada yeah exactly it's 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 like a it's not like human versus human or human versus monster it's like human versus self like they're coming to terms with their own like like i said human identity no it's it's a really cool point that and i really like that however here's the however i think <laughs> too many films don't do that i think it's a really cool in concept but too many films just treat zombies as this other entity that it like wasn't human it's just that even though you know they are because they're zombies the way they treat zombies is just like a horde of fucking problems and yeah. things and killers mm. like i don't think many films do it very well i think 28 days later um handles the whole human element very well but i don't I wouldn't say the same for a lot of other like like zombie films or zombie horror films or whatever, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right guys, I'm going to call it time on that round. Mm-hmm. Unless anyone had any final thoughts they they needed to get out. Okay. I have a quick question. Are you who here is pro slow zombie and who here is pro fast zombie? <laughs> Ooh, I okay. think the idea is of like slow zombies is more realistic, but the horror element of fast zombies works better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's a particular shot. Sorry, I'll just intercut here. Um, there's a particular shot in Train to Busan near the beginning where it's a shot of the train and they sort of pile up and just fill the train. And I think yeah. that, yeah, pro fast zombie. Yeah. That's spooky. Yeah, fa- fast it's zombies are both. scarier. But if I was to fight one in real life, I'd want to fight a slow one. Nah, I'd I go think- for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Zombie. I'd I'd fight that. But like I know you would, David. Oh. <laughs> no, I'd just survive the game, so I wouldn't fight it, I'd just run away. He's slow. Boom, slow zombie. Um I'm I'm pro both though. Like I think if we're going for realism, then slow zombies makes most sense and it adds like it can add quite a bit of attention if you're in like a very enclosed area. in certain scenarios that would be fucking terrifying. Just them slowly approaching towards you. 
But in terms of horror, especially going off of like, specifically thinking of the opening scene of 28 weeks later, all those zombies sprinting after him and like everything happening in that scene and how fast it is, is horrifying. And that that makes me pro, pro fast more than anything else does. Interesting. Right. Okay. Uh, Joe, anything to clear up before we announce who won that round? Um, I don't really have anything to clear up in terms of facts because this was more opinion-based. Uh, it was. It was. Um, I think this has been, I think, my favourite round. Okay. Um, just based on arguments. Um, so just going through them. Uh, slasher... Yeah, as David said, it's the sort of the main thing you think of when it comes to horror. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I personally think I don't know, they're quite samey. And not much can be done with them. Um for for the zombies, I think the argument that they can fit into any genre, like Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a Christmas horror comedy romance zombie musical, is <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think that's brilliant. Um, and it, it's sort of the fun side sometimes of horror. Yeah. Uh, but it also gave us one of the shittiest films, which is The Dead Don't Die. The Dead um, Don't Die is weird as hell. Uh, it, yeah, I've never good, watched but... it. Um, and there are also... Um, oh, I wrote this down. It's kind of... It's deleted itself. Okay, I'm going to have to guess. <laughs> there are nearly uh, 7,900 zombie films. Jesus. Jesus. Um, Good like God. In all, all Do you want to fact check yourself quickly? Nationalities, like. I'm going to quickly check. Yeah. yeah. Good God. I thought it would be more. 7,000, you said. 7,900, um, he said. I'd say, like, a million or, like, I'd say loads. Like, I'd say there's a. I, honestly, that's actually kind of surprising that there's only that many because, like, the zombie. Like, Night of Living Dead came out in. I'm trying to remember. 68. Like, like 68. I thought it was 58 for a second then. So 68. So we've had like we've had 53 years of zombies. Yeah. Like 53 years of zombies in all nationalities and like the fact that it's probably the easiest to do when it comes to horror and when it comes to just in general. That's honestly kind of disappointing that it's only that many. Yeah. Okay, I, here's I, what it says. Nearly 7,900 films were considered in total for blah, 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 blah. So I think it's not all of them. But I think okay. it, the fact that there's still that much is a lot. Um, I think with zombies, though, not much can be done as much as sci-fi. Um, I've got a soft spot for sci-fi because of Doctor Who, because I'm a big old nerd. We love Doctor Who. Um, yeah. And... Horror, I think I think you said that horror, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think it belonged with sci-fi, but it it works um, and it kind of invites the most terror. Um, you know, it's what's in the dark that's scary, like the emptiness. Um, and space is mostly all dark. It is. So, it is. Yeah. And it, has, and it has created some of the greatest horrors. So Alien, Cloverfield, The Thing. But it's also created um, some of the worst horrors with fucking the cloverfield paradox you could say yeah. that for every subgenre though true yeah true um and i think it also it, it creates a lot more it creates stories you can relate to more um 
because sci-fi you can talk about the future and it makes you think oh is that that can happen um so i think hmm sorry i'm really dragging this out but no it's all right <laughs> um i think in terms of arguments i did like the zombie one but i think it has to go for sci-fi see see that's where my issue lies um i think that will had the best answer with sci-fi but i just didn't hear enough from him whereas Mm. logan's opening argument was fucking spectacular um (laughs) and he sort of had me from there um so i'm gonna give the point to logan yeah I humbly accept. <laughs> that was that was a really good that was a really good one though, guys. That was a really good one. We have one more question. The final question before we move on to the speed round is: What is one dumb horror movie trope that you want to save? And uh, David, we're going to start with you. Yeah. So, do you want me to just do my argument? Uh, yeah. Do do your opening spiel. Uh, so I went with, um, random falling over. And the reason for that is because one of the most fun things about going to a horror movie and going, seeing it with, especially with friends or watching your friend with friends at home is honestly taking the piss out of the dumb stuff. And I think random falling over is the most generic one that you can think of when you think of dumb horror tropes. It's the first one that comes to mind. And it's also the most fun to take the piss out of because it ha- doesn't happen for a reason. There's no reason for this person to fall over 90% of the time. Sometimes they trip over a rock. Sometimes they trip on their own shoelace. Or sometimes they just fall because there's nothing fucking there and they just want to fall and they want to die. And it's always fun to just be like, ha, you fucking fell. Why did you do that? Like it's just really stupid stuff, and it's the most fun thing to watch, especially once again in slasher, because the the killer's always slowly stalking them. They're always slowly walking behind them, so they're able to get a shit ton of distance between them. But that one fall, for some reason, they're able to stride like twenty meters in two seconds within the time it takes them to get up, and they've already got a bloody machete through the heart. And it's it's so funny every single time because you just think it's literally the Dennis Reynolds moment. You're just sitting there with your with your cereal, you're just eating it, and you just go, "Ha, you dumb bitch! You dumb bitch! <laughs> you dumb bitch!" And then you get stabbed because you're in a horror movie as well. Um, but it's just it's just that moment. You see the flailing of the arm. You know what's about to happen, and you're just excited to take the piss out of it. Like the there's other dumb tropes in movies like um the the last girl stuff and stuff like that, but uh, personally you kind of need that anyway just for story. But this you do not need, but you also love it because it's one of the charms of take of watching, especially bad horror. When you're watching bad horror, you know you're gonna like guarantee yourself finding somebody falling over randomly. And it's just so much fun. It just adds to the, the experience. The whole, the whole experience of watching horror sometimes is taking the piss out of it. And you can't really have a horror, like a, a dumb horror movie, without someone falling over randomly and dying because of it. 
Okay, ex- excellent opening point. Excellent opening point. Nice. Um, Will, what what is a uh, what is your dumb horror movie trope that yeah. you want to save? So this one's like it's kind of ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's just kind of simple, um, and I don't really have much to talk about. I just think what it does is great. So um, it is the fake jump scare, then subsequent uh, real jump scare. So you know when like I don't know, uh, character is really tense in like a room or something. And they're uh, walking towards this shadowy um, figure, and they're like, "What is that?" And they suddenly realize uh, it's like it's a jump scare. But then suddenly, oh no, it's just a coat on a wall. But then suddenly, it cuts to a shot uh, showing behind her, and someone walks past her in the whole hallway or something. Uh, and that's the real jump scare. So like, you know, it's the fake, you know. Yeah. Um, and the reason I like these so much is because, well, first they happen so much, and they, well, uh, okay, a couple of things. They're they're, they're not really. Um, they're not tied to like specific uh, physical things, like like tripping over, tripping over, tripping over. It's the same thing every time, but well, to some extent. Um, but with the fake jump scare, real jump scare, you can be really quite creative with it. Um, you do some really quite funny jump scares in there as well. Um, there were moments as well where I I would get a jump scare. It would be like the fake jump scare, but it's hard to tell if there's going to be a subsequent one afterwards. So you're just on edge. You're like. You're preparing for the next jump scare, and sometimes it just never happens. Sometimes it's like minutes go by, and you're still on edge. And that, you know, the film, the fact that you know they've done something like that purposely to build tension, and it, it works. So, uh, yeah, that that is my reasoning, and that's that's what I like. Fantastic! I, I like that. I like that choice. I like that choice. Um, nice. Right, Logan, the final one. Um, one dumb horror movie trope that you want to save go all right i was originally gonna go for characters making dumb decisions but i realized that's far too generic and vague i gotta get specific so when i think of the thing that makes me more engaged than ever it's characters doing the thing that they know will kill them Think in uh, the Evil Dead, reading the Necronomicon, even though like they know it will summon bad shit. Or in the ring, watching the video that they know will kill them in seven days. Like Dumb decisions have a tendency to pull you out of the movie. For me, the really dumb, obvious decisions... I skip over that and now I'm engaged like, well, now I have to see them get killed. I have to see them do this. <laughs> like it, it, it moves past the, oh, I would have, I wouldn't have done that to, I absolutely would have done that just to see what would happen. <laughs> um, and just like, oftentimes that's the catalyst for things going wrong. That's the like start of the whole movie. So it's, that's often like what people go there to see. And that's why it is, without doubt, the best. Fantastic. Great opening arguments. Um, right, guys. Go at it. It's the final round. Uh, Logan is safe into the speed round. So, um, Will and David, you've got to really fight for this one. Um, go. So, qu- main thing for me is, personally, I think jump scare horror is the laziest kind of horror you can do. Yep. It's like the <laughs> cheapest like way to scare an audience, and the fake jump scare leading into a real jump scare, personally, I can see it coming from a fucking mile away, it's not, it's never like entertaining and funny, it's not needed, it's just, 
it's just the most boring thing. I, I like I see a camera pan, and then it's just like oh, and it pans to a possible jump scare. It's like okay, so this isn't going to be real, but yeah. there's going to be something real afterwards. And I see it coming from a mile every time. Especially I watched um, the Conjuring films for the podcast recently, and I've never watched any of the series. I saw every single jump scare coming from a fucking mile yeah. away. It's so, it's so tedious and boring. It just like it feels really, really lazy. And I know that like Conjuring was like an early one to adopt that kind of thing. Um, so it's a bit of a harsh criticism, mm-hmm. but. It's the most generic kind of thing ever. And so is Random Falling Over. Random Falling Over is really generic. But there's a charm to that that, for me, I just don't get... It's not charming to watch a fake jump scare into a real jump scare. But it's charming yeah. to watch somebody just randomly fall over the fucking air. Because it's yeah, just stupid and it's it's silly. <laughs> it, it's just, like, it takes you out of the movie. Like, it doesn't engross you into it. It doesn't, like build like a little like a little bubble around the movie and you you're not with the movie anymore but you're with the laughter yeah. you're with the comedy of it and that's that's why i think it's the the dumb horror trip that should be saved because yeah although mm. it messes with i'm trying to think of the word i know what you mean though I, like I, you yeah mean just like the narrative in general like it takes you it just takes you out of the film is that what you mean? yeah it, it like you're no longer immersed there's yeah. a you're no longer immersed in the movie when a character just falls over nothing yeah and that's kind of the fun behind it because you're not supposed to be immersed in a movie that has that kind of shit you're supposed to take the pits out of it yeah that's the whole point of watching it like you see a character fall over you know they're gonna die so that's just honestly the point where it's just like oh i've got a fun kill to watch coming up yeah and so it's just getting you excited it hypes you up it's like it's inadvertently telling you somebody's gonna fucking die here. Yeah, I do very much agree with you. It's just that I have the complete opposite opinion when it comes to that. Like you say, <laughs> you lose immersion when you, yeah, when they trip up and you know nothing. I agree, they they do, and that's what takes me out of the film. That's what I don't like. I think. Yeah. Um, it, and I think this brings up another thing of 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 Logan's thing as well with um uh fucking making you know making the choices that you know are going to kill you yes yeah. it's, it's characters making choices or doing things or things happening to characters that are nonsensical and shouldn't happen and do take me out of the film like like would why would they watch <clears throat> this thing that says it's going to kill them when you know if they know something's going to kill them why do it you know yeah and it's like it brings up the concept of character choices and like it kind of jumps into like the realm of like like impossibility um I mean, it's kind of, it's really silly, but like it, it's like if every, if so many of these horror films, you know, use these tropes, you know, tripping up on nothing and um, getting yourself into a situation that you know is going to fucking get you killed. If all these films do this, you know, it melds, melds, they they all connect, they all meld into one fucking film. And it's like, like where, where can, like, it feels like you're so trapped in that, in that, um, setup for your film so so in in logan's case that the setup is they make the choice that they know is going to kill them and then we run out of ideas for setups it's it's always that it's always someone starting things or 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 doing things that are nonsensical and i don't like having the entire film sort of base itself on that nonsense nonsensicality is that word um, yeah, yeah. That's I, that word. Yeah, and and I'd say in a smaller sense, the same applies for tripping up on nothing. I think tripping up on nothing just takes me out of the film. Um, 
it's fun. Yeah, it's certainly fun, but I think it works all the time. And I think as well, that's something that is overused to hell. And that's something that, that I, when I, when I see it happen, I'm like, I get flashes of other films. I'm thinking of other moments in other films that do the exact same thing. And I'm like, okay. And I'd agree. Yeah, the same thing happens for me for for this for this fate false jump scare thing but what's so good about it is that it has the it has the ability to change it's not tied to a to a, to a like a physical action or a thing you know it's it's a concept and you can apply it to so much so like you can have some really bad ones like you said some that you you can detect the beats and you can tell when something's gonna happen um but you have really good ones like uh like in resident evil the entire series of resident evil has the most amazing uses of just fake jump scares they just fuck with you the entire film it's Fantastic! They just. Are you take talking about Resident Evil, the game and... or the movies? Uh oh, it's at films. Yeah, yeah, the films. Um, so mm. it's just well, that's only one example I've got, but that like they use the the way they use jump scares in that film, the way they use fake jump scares in that film, they take their time and they sort of they sort of like they either really push it in your face immediately, you sort of can tell the beat, or sometimes you just can't tell the beat, or you can't tell what's going to happen. You don't know, you don't know what's going to come next. It, Resident Evil is such an open series, anyways. I, I love that. I love that film series. Anyways, uh, I, I, what I'm saying is, that I think um, the fake jump scare, real jump scare, is a concept that opens for more originality. Because that's the sort of the theme of this podcast for me. I think originality is the way to go. That's the thing. The it does open its way to more originality, but at the same time, the originality isn't used enough to actually, like. It's not done enough for me to actually consider it worth saving, though, because there's a reason that Random Falling Over has been in so many horror movies. It's because it works. And it's a, it's an easy way to just kill off a character. But a random jump scare is just the most lazy way to scare an audience. And a lot of people, like, personally, a jump scare doesn't get me. I I hate jump scares because I, I just don't get affected by them. I, yeah. It never, like, I, I can only name a couple jump scares that have ever literally made me jump. Okay. And all the other ones, even, like, the smarter ones that are used, even, like, because we, we watched uh, Resident Evil for the podcast. Yeah. None of those got made. Not, I could see them all coming mm. a mile away. And okay. I don't know if it's just me overanalyzing or overwatching Maybe. or just noticing things that some people don't. Or it's just the fact that I've seen so many of them that I'm dull to it and that yeah. I'm numb. It doesn't affect me in one bit, and all it does is just what it does the same thing that like Random Fallen Over does to me. It takes me out of the movie okay. because it's just like I'm always thinking, oh, I can see this coming. Yeah, there you go. But it doesn't give me any entertainment to it because if I've seen somebody ro- fo- randomly falling over, it takes me out of the movie, but then I'm laughing about it yeah. because it's really funny. That's fine. But if right. I see yeah. a fake jump scare leading to a real jump scare, I'm not laughing at it. I'm just kind of pissed off that they wasted my time with a fake jump scare to go lead into a real jump scare. Yeah. It just I, it's just padding. That's okay, that's 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 one that is certainly that's certainly a take. Um I I I well I think it's the mystery that gets me, I think. That's that's just my personal I think it's like when yeah. you get a fake jump scare, you're like, oh, is there gonna be another one? I'm gonna be on edge no matter what after that first fake one. And it's super simple. It's a simple simple concept and when done well, it just increases tension of a horror film, and i think it just works really well it's, it's dumb as well it's just like silly it's because it's overused obviously but when you can do it well you can do it well um, uh I'd, I'd like to hear from from logan um mm. what what, what <laughs> yeah you've been very quiet um what... I, I was letting them run out their uh opinions i could tell it was heated um well i the thing is i i don't really disagree with any of them i don't like anything that could be 
said that about theirs is just as applicable to mine. Like, yeah, they're all, they all take you out of the movie. They all are like distracting and could be seen as like unwanted. But at the end of the day, they work. I mean, like for the jump scares, like, yeah, they're cheap. They're, uh, they get the audience in like not the most like earned way, but they scare the hell out of me. I like, I'm super affected by jump scares, even like how obvious they are. And if it is a fake one, I know, oh shit, a real one's about to pop up. Yeah, it just makes me more scared. It makes me like more like, ah, oh, what's it actually going to be? <laughs> and then the falling, it's like the same thing. Like, yeah, it's unrealistic that the killer can cover like 80 yards in the three <laughs> seconds it takes her to fall over. But it's still like, I know he's going to catch her now. So now what's going to happen? I think they all take you out, but then you want to see more about what they're going to do with it in this particular movie. And they all have the potential to pay off really well. So I can't really slander one without slandering the rest. Right. I'm, uh, I'm going to call it there. Does anyone want to make any final arguments before... Uh, we go forward. Nah. I'm good. I'm, all right. I'm good. You good? Okay. Whoo. Heated. Uh, Joe, what, 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 what do you think? Hmm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there were some great arguments here. Um, I say that. Uh, David, um, yeah, I think uh, I you don't know. From these episodes. <laughs> no, but I, I think it's supposed to be this one. It's just like, oh, David, David, come on, come David. On. No, it's, just, it's just because you're not very good at this, David. That's all it is. That's all it is, baby. Especially wow. this, especially <laughs> this round. <laughs> you literally <laughs> said. If you could fucking like host this, and you're like, nah, I don't want relinquish control. You'll be good at this. <laughs> David, you literally said for your one when. With this one, you're no longer immersed. The thing about horror, you've got to be immersed. Yeah, I was talking about bad horror. You don't want to be immersed oh, in bad horror. Oh, but, but, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there was a bit where you said, oh, this one you don't really need. Long pause. Um, I, I've been, I've been analysing a lot of this. I'm sorry. But, um, <laughs> the long pause may have just been my internet. I, I've I got the entire script before you've said it. Like, um, I, I genuinely did not like stop talking at any point unless I was like trying to think of a word. <laughs> so it might have just been my internet cutting out. Yeah, it's the transcript. Yeah. I got it in the future. Right. Yeah. You, yeah, I got it as well. It's the almanac. Um, <laughs> uh, Will fake jump scares into real jump scares. I I think I think I'm on board with yours the most because it's the misdirection. Um, it kind of catches you off guard, which means that when it does come, you're even more shocked because you think, "Oh, oh, that's it." Um, it yeah. there is a lot of variety and creativity that can be had with it. It's I don't think it's lazy um, because what one of the most fun things about horrors I find is when you jump 
especially if you're in a group with people. Like, if you all jump, you're like, oh, oh we're scared together. Um, and, and for the Logan's argument for the characters doing things they know will kill them, um, you did say it is the catalyst for things happening in the film. So I guess that, you know, that's, it, it should remain. However, it is it can be quite predictable uh, and nonsensical and can take you out of the film. So for that, I'd have to go for Will. Yeah, a, a big thing that Will said was like, it, it'll, there'll be a fake jump scare and then he'll be sat waiting for the next one, like on the edge of his seat, like when's it going to come, when's it going to come? Um, and I think that's kind of the main point that sold it for me. So I am going to give the final point to Will. Huzzah! Meaning that the final scores for the main game are Logan 2, Will 2, and David 1. Um, we beat him finally. Logan and Will, you go through to the speed round, and David, unfortunately, you didn't make it this time. Um, Should I just leave? No, no, don't leave, because you can help us. Just watch some SpongeBob. You can help yeah. us. You can help us decide on on the winners of the speed round. But I can, I can, I can lay back for this bit, and you can do the research. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck that! You uh, you fought valiantly, David. You fought valiantly. Thank you, thank you for doing that. Yeah, I I really appreciate your love for falling over because it is a very fun thing. Yeah, it's, it's falling it's over. Like, genuinely, like my favorite stupid trope. I'm I am annoyed that I didn't um, go with characters doing things they know will kill them. Yeah. I thought about that one because I literally thought in the like specifically the Evil Dead, like reading the Necronomicon. But I was like, mm -hmm. but that's the whole point. Like you're supposed to do those things so you can set up the movie. So it's it's actually needed. It's not a hundred percent dumb. We're here at the speed round now. And the final two contestants are Logan and Will. Now, yeah. um, for, if you've never seen an episode before, the speed round works um, in the same way the, the, the movie fights one does. So um, one of the guys is going to get 30 seconds to uh, answer a question. Then the other one's going to get 30 seconds. Then uh, the first guy is going to get 15 seconds to answer back anything that they've said. And then the other guy's going to get 15 seconds to answer back anything they said. And then we're going to choose a winner. And then we've got a few questions for him. Are you guys ready? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Cool. Right. Mm. Will, I'm going to let you go first because you got the match point uh, in the last round. Yeah. So the first question is, what is the best Ari Aster movie? Ari Aster. Oh, God, sorry. Can I, am I allowed to look up Ari Aster real quick? You can. You can. Thank you so much. Spoiler Thank alert. You. There are you know only what? two options. I'm actually glad <laughs> not in the speed run because of this question. Okay, I've got the answer. I've got the answer. Right. I fucking hate both of these movies. Yeah, it's hilarious. But I've got, I I, I I, do have the answer. Go on, Will. What's okay. your answer? So, my answer is hereditary. Okay. Oh, no. Don't don't, don't do your argument yet. Um, <laughs> Logan, what, um, what, what would you say the best Ari Aster movie is? Oh, I haven't seen Lamb, and oh, I wasn't uh, a di huge... directed. So uh, uh, there, there are two. It's Hereditary oh, and oh, okay. Midsummer. Well, then, yeah, Midsummer. Midsummer, cool, fantastic. Okay, okay Will, you've got thirty seconds to explain why Midsummer. No, why? Oh fuck, you know what I mean. Why Hereditary, why Hereditary yeah. is the best Ari Aster movie, yeah. and go. Okay, so Hereditary is, is a very different film than Midsummer. I'd argue in how it handles its uh, violence, how it handles its horror. Midsummer is a non-stop barrage of pain and horror, and 
it's 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 a horrible watch and i think hereditary has stuff within it that are within the narrative that actually keeps you going and keeps you invested i think midsummer is just a fucking barrage and it's not a fun watch especially when you get into the third act you're like fuck this i just want an actual narrative That's and time goes quick doesn't it um it does. right logan you've got 30 seconds to say why midsummer is better go so I'm a big fan of like the cult kind of horror movies, like The Wicker Man, even though the Nicolas Cage one was really not that great. Um, it might be a bit biased showing, but I love the Midsummer, like the whole themes of like depression and loss. And then at the end, she, the main character, like wins, but not really because like there's all these conflicting emotions, like what the boyfriend did was wrong but also what happened to him was wrong so was she right and for time that there there you go 30 seconds okay it goes, it goes by fast it Never does fast. it does um right will you've now got 15 seconds to add to your points or to take down any of logan's yep right and your 15 seconds starts now okay so um it's a good point saying that it has really interesting themes it does but what are themes when the actual film is fucking abysmal to watch? It's just painful and it's not enjoyable. Horror should be enjoyable to some extent. Themes are great, but when you can't present them and in time. a way, it's bad. Jeez. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Logan. Logan, you've got 15 seconds um, as, for a rebuttal. And go. Okay, so I think in uh, Hereditary, the main plot is very confusing with all the pagan, like, cult worshipping stuff and also with like um the main devil guy like all of the weird like body transfer stuff that's really confusing and hard to follow and like you need an explanation what shouldn't need and in a time movie. okay right um david joe what are you thinking joe you can go um well this is the second mention of uh, all, uh, uh body transfers tonight which once again reminds me of scooby-doo 2002 <laughs> um, so I'll start with Will. Uh, I've seen Hereditary. I haven't seen Midsummer. Uh, I think um, it does handle violence and horror better. It's from what I've heard, Midsummer's quite um, not pleasant to watch. Um, but I think Logan's comment of the plot is confusing. I certainly was a bit confused uh, some bits. Yeah. Um, as with Midsummer, um, you you said there are strong themes of depression and loss. Um, and I think it's interesting the main character doesn't actually win. I think that's kind of the same in both. Um, yep. The that's what was comment of themes don't matter because it's abysmal and hard to watch. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go with Hereditary. Okay, David. So, uh, just a quick thing. I have said many times on this podcast, I really do not like both of these movies. Yeah. Um, I think they're really fucking pretentious. And I don't, I think Ari Aster is a fantastic cinematographer and that's about it. Um, but yeah. Going off of arguments, I think Will had a stronger argument when he talks about like the content of the movie. Um, the fact that like Midsummer just feels like a barrage of gore and unnecessary violence. Um, and although it does lean into the cult side of things, which I really like, it's basically just a really pretentious Wicker Man to me. There's there's more to it than that, but it's just a like a really much more beautiful Wicker Man with a lot more gore. And 
that's a downside to me because it doesn't feel original at least hereditary although i'm not a huge fan of it it is at least original and does lead into the cult side of things still not as much and as blatantly as midsummer but it is you know still culty and that's a point in my its favor and the main things that sell hereditary for me is the intrigue i guess of this entire thing happening and after re-watching it with the brightness up on my tv um you can see like hidden shit yeah. um yeah i've not i've not bothered to rewatch midsummer because why the fuck would i ever do that <laughs> right okay okay um, um but yeah I'm, see, I'm personally gonna go well i think the argument was a little bit stronger yeah like, i i he got I, more I, points out yeah I, th- I think i think that's it i think will just got a couple more points out and saying that her midsummer is just an agonizing movie to watch which it is but yeah. i still really like it um i fucking hate right, it you, fact, gonna... you had to see that sex scene with your dad xander <laughs> you make that sound so weird you make that sound so it's, weird it is really weird you watch a bunch of old women push that fucking guy's like insta with your father listen it was just movie night all right standard shit <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> spoilers, boys. Yeah. right oh, um yeah. you don't so will will gets that point so it's currently three two now uh the next one going to you first logan um, what is the best Stephen King movie adaptation? Oh. Um. Ah, shit. If you say Maximum Overdrive, I'm just going to have a lot of respect for you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't. Um, <laughs> I guess I would go for It Chapter One. It Chapter One. Okay. Um, Will, what are you going for? Is that real quick? Is that oh yeah, it's chapter one. Would that be the the remake? Yeah, from twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, my answer is uh, the Shining. Ooh. I don't. I want to be a basic person yeah. and go with the no. Shining. But <laughs> you gotta know why it's so fucking popular. Go on. Anyways. Um. Yes. Right. Okay. Logan, you've got thirty seconds. Starting now. So I have. I believe that it chapter one really like delivers on the scares and like the acting, especially by the kid performers, which is famously known kids, child actors are not great. And I know they're like teenagers, but it's still really good for what it is. And just overall, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is like one of the most iconic horror like villains of all time. His laugh, his appearance and like the jump scares, a bit like CGI shaky stuff, but it, it's still and incredibly time. Excellent, excellent stuff. Right, Will, you've got 30 seconds to say why The Shining's better than It, and go. Okay, so The Shining greatly ignores its source material. Stephen King actually says he does not like the film because it's so different, and I think that's what makes it so interesting, because Kubrick actually had the chance to make something original there and explore themes that the first book actually did, but in a different way. Also, Jack Torrance, fucking killer performance, uh, all around just killer performances, iconic performances, it's just sad that they had to go through so much shit on set. Um, and also just an iconic uh, location. Everything's iconic by the way. And film. time. Yep. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. You guys are really... You guys aren't pulling your punches anymore. I love it. Nope. Right. Um, Logan, you got 15 seconds starting now. All right. 
it's really opinion because the shining is such a slow burn like there's like no real like big stuff until like the like, end of the movie whereas it like it's very consistent so if you like the scary stuff as opposed to psychological horrors it chapter one is the way to go on time um, but, yeah seconds fucking ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> and uh well you've got 15 oh seconds starting now okay so i think it chapter one uh, i'm not actually a massive fan of it i think you really need to rely on sort of your love for the love but like your love for these children um and connection with them and sort of they sort of fucked up experience that they go through and i don't think i really had that connection with them and time fuck yeah there we go you've got to rely on your love for the children there you go that's a, know, that's know, a sound bite <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> have a nonce in the call. Right. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. Damn it. Uh, David? Uh, <laughs> what me? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, this is what he wanted to love children. <laughs> right. David, Joe, what 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 did what did you think there? Ooh, I'll let David go first because yeah. I went first. Uh, first. Keep, keep it short, guys, because we're running way over time. So <laughs> I think the idea, I think the argument of um, the fact that it's an, more of an original idea based off of Stephen King's idea is very interesting for The Shining. Um, but if we're going off of the best Stephen King adaptation and the, like, basing off of that is more closest adaptation, I think Logan's option of It Chapter One and the fact that, like, you do have this connection with these kids um, if you got bullied as a kid. And um, also the fact that like it's actually not just CGI in that, it's practical effects in that, which is really good to see in modern horror. Um, so personally, although I fucking love The Shining, it's one of my favorite horror films of all time, and it's all for the reasons that Will has said and more. When it comes to argument, I think Logan sold it a bit better going off of the Stephen King adaptation side of it. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Joe? Uh, I'd say, well, I th I, the Shining's apparently very good. I haven't seen it, shamefully. Oh, fuck! Um, have you not seen The Shining? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but in terms of adaptations, if it's not, you know, if if Stephen King didn't even like it, then I don't think that's a good adaptation. Um, and I think the argument that um, it chapter one delivers on scares and acting, I I, I think it does, especially for child performers who as you said, aren't necessarily the best. Mm. So yeah, Logan. Right, okay. Um, I I am also going to have to go Logan on this one, simply because yeah. Will 100% shot himself in the foot in the first moment of his argument when he yeah. said, this isn't even a proper adaptation. It's like, oh, well okay. then, okay. But, um, yeah. you, you, made, you made great points other than that, but it really came down to that. I I think it raises the question of, uh, would you say that a good, adapta good adaptation is one that's loyal to the source material then? Because it seems like that's the trend of these. See, that's the main thing. If you're going off of good adaptation to the source material, then yes. If you're going off of like the fact that it's an adaptation of a Stephen King book, yes. But if you're going off of the fact that it's a good movie, it like The Shining is 100% way fucking better because it doesn't go off of just what Stephen King wrote. Okay. So it works in its favor, but for this argument specifically... It works against it. Yeah, I would be. I mean, obviously, I obviously have one. This I can't win this over. But I'm. But my personal opinion, I'd say that one, uh, uh, an adaptation that takes risks and and delves away from the source material, I'd argue, is more interesting. Um, 
and gets more ideas in there. Doesn't stay so oh, yeah. grounded. But, I, and I'd I say, 100% agree. Although it's not as loyal, I'd say, I'd say it would be a better adaptation more, more often than not. But that's just me. Right. The next question, the third question in the speed round, it's... Um, the will you get to choose the answer uh, first? There are there are two options here. Um, who wins, Alien or Predator? Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me think. <laughs> let me let me think <laughs> a second. Alien or Predator? And you can't Google who wins in the movies. <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't even watched the fucking film. <laughs> uh, let me think. Alien or Predator? Alien or Predator? Um. Okay. I I'm gonna pick Alien. Alien. Which means yeah. that Logan, you've got Predator. Is that okay? That's what I was going for. Oh, Fantastic. Okay, thank God. Thank fuck. I mean, R worst case, if we had the same one, wouldn't it be just like the arguments that make that one the best? Like, that would have been like. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but either way, it didn't happen. So. Yeah. Um. Right. Will you got thirty seconds? Why does Alien beat Predator? Go. Okay. So uh, my big reason for this is because Alien is Alien, and Alien is not human and alien well obviously predator isn't human but predator ex he strategizes like a human he's he's a fucking he's, he's he's a military man you know um alien is so uh, alien right to our, anything we do anything we do in combat or anything we do to to fight or or strategize or kill or anything um alien is so it's in its own fucking league uh predator relies on and time we already know interesting interesting it's a military man. Sorry. Um, right. <laughs> Look, Logan, you've got, you've got 30 seconds. Why is Predator... Why does Predator be alien? Go. Okay, aliens are essentially rats of the universe, right? And Predators are these hunters. They have been, like, genetically altered and, like, through trial by fire, proven to be the greatest hunters, like, in the universe that we have experienced. Like, they would hunt aliens for sport. They would breed them and hunt them for sport and the only time we saw a predator lose to an alien in any movie i'm pretty sure is when like the millions surrounded the predator and he just nuked himself but yeah like time and time again predator is and an elite hunter. right um well you have got yeah. 15 seconds to answer anything back or to add okay. to your points and All go right. All right. Well, I'd say aliens are predictable. You can't, you can't decide. You know, you can't, you can't figure out what this fucking thing's gonna do. It, it genuinely has no human contact. I'd say Predator is too closely connected to how humans deal with uh, warfare and stuff. And I feel like uh, some, something like that. Can't and time. Away. And Logan, you got fifteen seconds starting now. In Aliens vs. Predators, the movie, it ends with Predator cutting off the tail. Like they, they use the alien's body against them in order to kill them. They're that smart and know how to defeat them. That's all I have to say. And that, that's time. There you go. Um, I think Logan wins that round, you know. I'm just going to call it early. Yeah. Look, look. Yeah. I think... Yeah. There's there's literally one thing that there's one thing that Logan said that would have really worked in Will's favor, and it was um when in the movie where it's like all the aliens surround the predator and he nukes himself, and you you literally said that they're like the rats of the universe. The thing is, aliens work in hordes, and so no matter what, alien versus predator, aliens would probably win every time because they have backup. Predators work alone. And they mm. work against each other as well as right, we've Mr. seen Incredible. in the Predator movies. <laughs> <laughs> like they they seriously like fucking hate each other. Hunters yeah. hate each other. 
Whereas the rats of the universe, they will work together for their meal. Just like no Ratatouille. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, they literally they work together. And mm. if you if you'd have said anything to do with that, well, I think you would have won it there just because of the sheer power of like thousands of aliens versus one predator. He can't take them down that many in one go. Yeah. I mean then they, then again, thousands of hunters versus one, one they don't work together though. That's the thing. They'd okay. be fighting each other for the yeah. glory. Okay, that's that's very valid then. That's for very the valid. glory of yeah. Santa. Yeah. Um, Sparta. Sorry. Jesus. Right. Okay, <laughs> that's woken everyone up. Right. Yeah, Logan. Did you say Santa. I, I did Sa say. Sparta. I did say Santa. I said Santa, and then as in the Santarans. As in the Santarans. Yeah. That's what I said. Oh, I like that. Very yeah, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, really fucking nerds. Right, yeah, Lo Logan takes the dub on that one. Right, the fourth one, Logan could take the dub with this question. Uh, match point, okay. Lo uh, wait, who gets the first answer? Logan gets the first answer. Right, Logan, if everyone on this podcast was in a slasher movie, who dies first? Fuck. I'm this part of this. Oh yeah, yeah, everyone everyone here right now. Oh shit. Who dies first? Um I'm gonna say me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, out. okay. Will who yeah. uh um, who who dies first? Uh David. Because <laughs> <laughs> you try to yeah, fight well, Jason Voorhees, bro. I'm um, <laughs> running away. I've got I've got an idea. Right. Logan, you've got 30 seconds. Why would you die first in a horror movie? Go. So my friends growing up had a fun game where we pretend to sucker punch each other and like whoever flinches gets punched. So I sort of developed a way to like not react to things. Like if something whizzes by my head, I won't react. And that will a thousand percent get me killed in a slasher movie. If someone jumps out and like I don't react, they just stab me. Also... I get winded extremely easily. Running away is not a viable option for me. <laughs> and that's time. Fantastic. That's a fucking, Fantastic. such an amazing fucking point. God, <laughs> fuck, that's, brilliant. that's just brilliant. I can see We're well, just going to say, well, David's yeah. fat, so he's going to die first. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. Will, Hold on. you've got... Oh, oh, wait, can you give me one, sorry, can you give me one second of flat bait off my door? No worries, no worries. He's Are you sure this isn't more he's time to think? secretly writing down thoughts. Secret, that's what yeah. <laughs> Is Seagull nice. scratching out David's fat? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got long hair! Too fair, yeah. Okay, like, okay. That, was, yeah. that was fucking bullshit. They didn't need to knock on the door. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, good luck on the pitch. Yeah, thanks! <laughs> okay, right. Okay. Right, you got you have 30 seconds starting now. Okay, so now David is going to die first because David thinks he knows what slashes are. And David's going to get fucking cocky as hell. Okay, what's going to happen with David? Is he's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to walk out this door because there's no way they're going to kill the guy who knows the most first. That never happens. But hey, no, that fucking happens. And I'll tell you what, if that is a, if that is a, if that is a slasher trope and we run down that, that, that line, then, hey, if he knows the most, he has to die first. Because otherwise, if he knows things about slashers, he's going to help, you know, the rest of the people in the fucking group get out of this fucking situation. So they have to kill him first. And time. There we go. That's an interesting point. That's a very interesting point. Right, Logan. I on that. You've got you've got 15 seconds as a rebuttal, and go. I reckon David not knowing 
what's all it up in a slasher movie will keep him safe because he'll like do the wrong thing and the slasher guy expects him to go one way he goes like the wrong way because he doesn't know what's supposed and to happen time will you've got 15 seconds to answer back go now we're working with the uh, the concept that this is a conscious, uh, uh, you know, it's a horror film with a villain that actually can combat that, and they know that David knows. So this is like a double bluff, and they will counteract what David does to counteract them, and they will kill David. So therefore, and time. Interesting. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, guys, what, what are we thinking? I'm. I'm. Well, stuck. I'm going to talk first because I'm the one who's fucking targeted here. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I fucking hate you, because I said the exact same thing when Xander told me this question. Yeah. <laughs> said, the guy in Scream who knows about horror movies yeah. dies very quickly. He actually, he actually he does it. He, su- it. he survives. He, no, he dies quite quickly. In the, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of a different script, like in the other Screams. Oh, right. In the other Screams, the guy who knows about horror movies dies very quickly. It's the smartest move possible, and if you know about slasher movies specifically, which I'm a fucking super nerd of, then I'm going to die quickly because they're going to want to get me first. Because I can warn the other people about the different shit they're going to need to look out for. Because I've seen so many schlocky ones. Also, I keep hearing the word schlocky. I'm not sure what it means. I love schlocky. It just means bad and, like, kind of... Campy. Yeah. I thought it was the shortened version of Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> That's a fucking <laughs> awful joke. Well, Joe wins. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, Lucky fucking Sherlock. Right. Jesus uh, look, Joe, Joe what, loses. Joe, what, what did you think? Um, I think the reasonings for... Oh, I don't know. I think that the thing of D- David's killer will know that David knows is very convoluted, but I like Logan's backstory. I Logan had backstory. <laughs> Um, and Logan had more reasons, so I'm going for Logan. Yeah. Um, and Logan did, in a small point towards the end, tear down Will a bit, and Will didn't really have anything to answer Logan back. Yeah. So I'm going to give the point to Logan, which means that is game. Logan wins. Congratulations, Logan. Men men dream about. Epic. Winning a film me in. <laughs> winning, winning a film me in UFC. Which, to be honest, I love how. Can I, can I just say, I also love how I literally, when I messaged Logan about this, I was like, there's not going to be any Nicolas Cage involved, don't worry. And he still brought up Nicolas Cage. He somehow got it in there. <laughs> well done, Logan. It's all part of the brand. It's all part of the brand. Well, I haven't mentioned the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas this time. Oh, oh, oh no. What a killer oh, film. What a killer film. What a <laughs> song. A what a song. I love that film. I you know what? Oh, I, 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 I really regret bringing Joe and Will onto the same podcast. <laughs> they're going to be like best friends. Viva Rock Vegas, one of the greatest films ever made. How Put can you not like Alan man. Cumming as an alien? Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> so, we're, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Right. Okay. Um, congratulations, Logan, for winning. As a Thank prize you. for winning, you get to plug yourself first. So, where can the people find you? Hell yeah. Um, you can find me at the ups and downs of Nicolas Cage on Ooh. the Instagram. Um, haven't posted a lot recently. A lot of stuff's been happening, but it 
stay on the lookout. Don't you worry. Something, something's happening. Woo. Yeah, hype. Yes. So much hype has been received. Yes. Please don't talk about receiving hype, Xander. Much hype. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much to our runner-up, Mr. Will Self. Will, where, where can the people find you? Oh, don't bother. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, whatever. It's, you can, if you really care, the na- oh, it, I'll spell the surname out. It's S-O-F-F-E. That's all you need to know. If you want to find out, do the detective work yourself. And he lives right near... So you can go there. You're and... Fucking damn right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fought valiantly, sir. There, you know, we're just not gonna talk about it. <laughs> you fought valiantly, sir. So thank you for coming on. Um, Joe, thank you for checking facts. Um, also, I should have said this up top. Fucking big, big fucking balls here. Just hit a thousand <laughs> subscribers on YouTube. Yeah! Wow. Woo. Go, Joe. Yeah. After seven years, but you know, it's got their best of it. <laughs> it is big. Hey, I've been on YouTube for nine years. I've still not got like more than 10 subscribers. You're I got the biggest balls. <laughs> this is where this the is fun begins. Um, <laughs> Joe, where, where can the people find you? You can find me on YouTube at uh, Rebel Hoovian um, to find a lot of nerdy stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, David, you, you, you could have been better tonight, but you know what? You did your best. And that's I'm all hosting the next one, and I'm specifically not going to choose you every single time. Now, <laughs> I gave you a point. Yeah, yeah you gave think... me a, a singular point. I've the, still the... not gone to the speed round yet, and I could no. have been good in those. Uh, I what, think a big a shout, shout out also needs to go to Xander, who has been dying throughout this. Yeah. But has remained yeah. consistently yeah, my... great. Bro, I'm, I'm, my voice is fucked. Hmm. I've been sipping on my hot Vimto this whole time. It's quite I'm, 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 I'm doing great. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. The podcast um, has a different vibe to it now, I think. It does. It's good. It's good. Um, this is the COVID corner. <laughs> yeah. uh, next week, um, we're doing Last Night in Soho. And we've got a special yeah. surprise for it, haven't we, David? Indeed we do. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that one next week. Um, what else? Yeah, if you want to hear more from us, head on over to the Facebook and Instagram where you can check out the the clips that we put on weekly and with the posters made by wonderful Mr. Joe Cook over there in the corner. Um, so yeah, go and check us out online and uh, come by next week for that last night Soho review. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, <laughs> don't know why you do that, David. I don't, I don't know why. It's just the most fun way to say it. Have you ever seen a donkey fly? <laughs> what? Have you never seen a house fly? Oh. <laughs> please just, oh my god I'm ju- I just want to make a reference to Shrek please oh, oh, oh. Viva, Rock, Viva Rock Vegas